since you guys have been here how's it going y'all it's going good uh yeah it has been a while like when were we here last what i don't even know i don't even what know. year is it 20, it is 2021 yeah. now um they were here i can't remember maybe in july of 2020 or something like yeah, that it's almost been a year it has sure. been a minute and um since then you guys have been able to like actually start gigging again which is like a beautiful thing and uh, we may, I've been able to see you in action. Um, this guy, unfortunately, has been busy on the days where you guys have been gigging. Mm. Uh, by the way, baddies, check out uh, Duo EXP. They, are, uh, they constantly have gigs every single Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. at Barrel Lista in Martinez, California. Be sure to check them out. It is a fantastic experience. There's alcohol right there, a food truck, a bunch <laughs> of food that you could get, and some uh, just good energy, good music. Yeah, shout out Arash, uh, the owner of... Bare least that dude's dope. Nice. How'd you guys like land that gig? Um, I started. I did a day of busking in downtown Martinez. Okay. For the first time. Uh, What's busking? <laughs> busking is when you. Uh, I think that what it definition is is when you play um, outside for money, like mm-hmm. you know, oh. like when you see people yeah, yeah, yeah. play outside the subway or or. I thought those um, were hobos. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I never really did it, and I, uh, uh, I'm not sure if I where it came from, but the feeling to do it came. Just go I, and try it. I, yeah, I think it was from just not performing uh, mm-hmm. for a while, and mm-hmm. and it was one of those things I was re- I've resisted for a while, and and felt like I wanted to maybe like deal with it, like deal with the resistance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I tried it, and. Uh, I think it was either the first time that I did it or the second time I did it uh, mm-hmm. in downtown, and I met a, just a few people. It was a really, um, it was like a Wednesday or a Tuesday sure. or something. There's no one really around. All the most of the restaurants were closed too. So in my head, I was telling myself, "Well, I'm just doing it to try it." Yeah. Even though inside, I was like, "This sucks," you know, because I was expecting. Well, that's kind bus- of busking is such mm-hmm. a vulnerable way to perform for sure where there is where it's unofficial you plant Mm -hmm. yourself on a random part of the street where you are allowed to play if if that right Right. and you were doing this by yourself so greg wasn't there yeah greg was at work uh i i went and bought a battery powered speaker i didn't bring a tip jar either the police actually did come because i got a noise complaint like pretty soon after i started so it was it was it was it was everything that you know it was all of the things right yeah yeah, but um, anyways, to get to the point, uh, I met a few of the right people while I was doing that. One like lady who was a um, Martinez resident for a long time notice. She she stopped by. She talked with me a bit, and then she kind of went and talked to a few of the restaurant owners nearby, and Very that nice. got us some of the. Goes to Corey. That got us some of the other gigs, mm-hmm. but the the one our our residency at the Barrelista, our weekly gig. 
I I got that uh, through a friend who owns a vintage shop in downtown Martinez uh, called Faded Gold Vintage. Which shout out. shout out to Rachel at Faded Gold. That's a really cool shop if you want some uh, really nice uh, threads. And uh, she's close friends with Arash at Beralista, who's, uh, again, the owner there. And uh, she kind of introduced... Actually, she told me about him, and then a, a, a few minutes later, he drove by in his truck, and I was still there. And, and so it was a kind of divine timing type thing. Synchronicity. Yeah. And actually, even more to the story, I had that was after I had did some busking. No, I actually showed up to do some busking for the day. Went to see Rachel before I started, and then he drove by, and he was like, hey, do you want to just play right now? Mm. Like, at my restaurant. And I was like, no. That's crazy. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was really cool, kind of. That's nerve-wracking, though. To, he, to just, like, just, right, jump right into it? I mean. I, it, a little bit, but I was also, um, it's it's better, right? Because, sure. like, bus, the reason, one of the reasons I never wanted to do busking was because I was like, I'll just no i'll just play the gig you know sure, yeah, sure, 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 sure. get get a, you know yeah get some food get and drink and a meal drink and, 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 and a meal yeah, yeah. some some money you have to be wildly brave to busk i've done it maybe once or twice but my skin is not thick enough to stay at that corner of the street for that long and like no people actively avoid eye contact with you just because like you're not supposed to be there or there's like a there's like a weird stigma with busking. It's just like, yeah. uh, help me, I'm poor type exactly. of thing. Like, no, when it's like, you kind of just want to, you just want to gig. And then like, look at what that, ha- how that happened for you guys. It mm-hmm. just like the stars align. You, you, uh, uh, this lady heard you. That kind of you. thing. Yeah. yeah. Things yeah. lined up. And now you guys are like, Who meets this person? Who meets this person? Yeah. yeah. I do want to say my, my opinion of busking obviously changed too after that. Sure, I, totally. I didn't have like a negative opinion necessarily. I was just apprehensive if i yeah and or scared if it's like a simpler way of saying it i just was like i don't know i didn't know sure. what it was but uh the people who do it definitely are brave for doing especially those who are like out there all the time every for day sure. for sure but i also think like you got to be good too yeah. most of the time it's easy to walk by someone because they're not good yes <laughs> like yes, how many times so. have you guys like walked through the streets of san francisco and there's like a dude with a, a popsicle stick and two trash can lids and he's just like this one <laughs> is one that i made when i was in college uh this man went to college? broke my heart like <laughs> i went to college yeah oh i don't know the guy's crazy probably just making up college or something like that i do have a good example of like a busking situation where i was like at first i was like oh heck yeah when we come back i'm gonna tip this dude and then when we came back, it was like he was playing the same thing that he was playing when I saw him. <laughs> no, all right, let me rewind. It was, I was going to Target. It was mm-hmm. me and Ceci. And we go inside, and there's this dude playing accordion. It was like uh, wintertime. He's playing like, I don't know, rocking around the Christmas tree or something like that. Something uh-huh. like something groovy, but it's accordion, right? If you can get down on accordion, I think that's cool. <laughs> yes. And so, and he was like doing the thing, and he had a little like backing track with it. And then I remember telling Cecilia because I didn't have cash. I was like, oh, like, can they do cash back here? Like, I want to help this guy out. And so we go in and I swear, oh, we were doing like Christmas shopping. So we were in there for a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I kid you not, when we came back out, he was playing the exact same song. <laughs> and I wanted to have like positive intent and be like, all right, maybe he 
He's like just he's going through. The yeah, he's going through, yeah. going through the list. And we were in there for an hour. I was sure. like, okay, can can we just hang out? And we were actually parked like pretty close. So I was like, let's just hang out for a little bit. Kiji and I, we hung out for like maybe another seven minutes, but this shit was just looped. <laughs> the, the backing track was just looped, and he just kept playing the same thing over and over. <laughs> <laughs> and I was grooving. like, I was like. I don't know if I'm gonna tip him anymore. <laughs> Honestly, I I would tip him just because that's a great. That's yeah, a great maybe skin. I should have, but I was just many... like, man, he's, not, he's just like the same thing. Over you should have been like, you got me, you got me. <laughs> or tip the guy as incentive, like here, something's working. Yeah, but work on it. You know, you probably need twenty more songs. Yeah, he had that shit on repeat. It was great. That's During incredible. your guys' gigs, like I said, from six to nine, and Martinez, California, in front of least they check them out. That's three hours, and you guys have to. You guys have to like cover uh, like a set and a half of just covers because your last set usually is your is your original stuff, right? Save the best for last. But then with that, I used to I used to do gigs with uh, Greg and uh, our really good friend Carlos Costa Blanc, who does gigs with you. He's a, a talented pianist. Shout out C squared. Yeah, C squared. Very. And he's good. also really good at the piano. He's yes, uh, fantastic pianist is what I meant to say. Thank you for catching me. Um, but he, he, myself, and Greg, our first gig was um, at this Thai restaurant. Cha'am. Cha'am, which is In no Blue? longer Cha'am. Shout out Cha'am. It's, no, it's, it's Bangkok Cuisine. Yeah. The most basic name that you could give like a restaurant. <laughs> um, Should have just called it Thai food. Yeah, at that point. <laughs> at that point. But like there, we were cramped up. It was a three-hour gig. Yeah, about I think so. Bless your guys' souls for like filling it up with a lot of like instrumental vamps, and then like when I would come in and be like, yeah, we'd sing actual songs, right? Yeah. Um, but then and the amount of money that you would get paid for a three-hour gig, they thought they could like really compensate for like the low amount and not that many tips with like free noodles. It's Dude, a hard endless thing. Endless Thai tea, also, man. Oh. Forget that. I was, I was chilling. That was like, that was high school or like buzzing off the tea. Yeah, yeah. heck yeah, man. I'm like, you know, man, you feeding me right now? Yeah. I'm just going to play some drums. I'm down. It's a special kind of level that you have to be at to be like, this is exactly what I need. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I only need to eat noodles and Thai tea, right? And like, so, but, but at one point, I think you do get to a level where you're like, no, I, I want to perform to a bigger audience. I want to know what I'm doing is is actually being received well. Um, I think busking is probably the musician's equivalent of like uh, open mic in the middle yes. of like a restaurant. I know we've we've both been to places that's like it's like a restaurant. It's not even like a comedy club or anything. You're just like, oh man, they just like somebody had a microphone in the back and now we're doing stand up comedy here. Yeah, it's very difficult. It's, it's not, hard. They're trying to focus on dinner and like someone's having a birthday over there and you're just like huh. and they clap like mid joke for you because they feel bad. It's comedy's hard, man, <laughs> and like music's hard too. Um, which is why I'm excited to talk to you guys because of the parallels. Once again, the last episode, baddies, check it out. Uh, one of our longer episodes, but like well worth it. A lot of like positive reception from that episode yeah. because it was so different. We went into so many different layers of conversation, silly goofiness and uh, improv. And then we just got deep <laughs> talking about like a lot of stuff. But nah, I'm... I, I do want to say I was... Um, sorry about that, little girl. Um <laughs> Check out YouTube if you want to know what that means. Um, um, I do want to say, I was showing your guys' music to um, this girl that I was out with one day. And then when we were hanging out back at her place, she was flipping through her Instagram. And I heard like I heard one of your songs on like the story. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, Who's play- who would play that song? That's not 
that's not them. And then I looked at it and it was you guys. It didn't, you had just cut your hair. So I didn't recognize you at first. So I was like, this guy's stealing their songs. And then I like looked at it <laughs> again a little bit deeper. And I was like, oh no, wait, that's, that's them. Probably in front of Barilista. Yeah. Um, and, but uh, yeah, for a second there, I was like, what the fuck? Someone stole to, their song. Show up to Barilista with a pitchfork and a torch. <laughs> you don't know them. And it's like, you guys, it's like, oh, oh shit. So, oh, sorry, Sule. I thought it was somebody else. My bad. Suleiman got a haircut. Greg's hair got longer. Yeah, yeah. And then we switched. Yeah. And, and you guys were performing, and I didn't know performances were a thing anymore. So it was like, you know, it was a, it was a shock, but it was a pleasant shock. How does it feel to like just be back at it? It feels good, man. I mean, like in terms of like the energy it takes to like pack everything up and get it out there. Sure. You'd think that you'd be tired. Like I work a full time job, right? Yeah. So I'd be like working a whole nine hour shift. And then booking it over to downtown to set up my drum set and then play a three hour gig. But like at the end of the day, like it's um it's fulfilling for me. So yeah. for sure. At yeah. least for an hour too. You know, it's been I mean shit, what has it been like eight eight weeks now? It's been uh, almost something like that. Eight, wow. nine five weeks. To, five to eight or so weeks. Yeah. Definitely more than five, right? Oh hell yeah, definitely more than five. Wow. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's really cool that you guys have like a consistent place to go and play and, you know, have people come and see it. That's, I think that's very beneficial for you guys in, in the long run too, just to be able to. It's your guys' residency is what you called it. Like when we were doing improv before, uh, before the pandy hit, um, <laughs> I love calling it that, even though like it's a, it's a big deal. It's, it's called the fundemic. Uh, stop, oh dude. It's called the pandemic. Um, <laughs> It's we had we had like our residency with our improv troupe at this place in Martinez. I don't think it's there anymore. Nope. Firehouse, blah blah blah. What's it called now? Firehouse Barn Grill. It was Barn, called, yes. It was called. It's still there. The Iron Monkey or something. Monkey, it, monkey Barrel. Monkey, monkey something. House. Monkey House or something like that. Monkey uh, Monkey Brews. Um, but that's where and that was a weird gig for us because it was just like right above a bar and super hot and small. But it was cool because there was alcohol and like it's easier to make people laugh when they're drunk. Always, yeah. We brought a lot of people. We definitely brought the crowd. That's for sure. Yeah, but like seeing the, the fa- like, I'm so familiar with your guys's like original music at this point that like during that last set, I don't look at you guys nearly as much as I used to anymore. <laughs> I look at the people hearing it for the first time. There's something satisfying. <laughs> it's like it's the same reason why people watch reaction videos on YouTube to songs that they already know, right? Yeah. yeah. Something there's something uh, very vicariously rewarding about it. So there was this like dude th- that I saw right when I parked as he, he was crossing the street, and then like he stayed until the very end, and like he and his like girl were like recording you guys, and they were like gigging too, <laughs> like at the tank at the change of a time signature, and that is so. I mean, how does that feel, right? Like trying to explain the power of music to to people that to people that really just consume it that. This is how I put it. Like to hear it, it's a beautiful thing. Like sure. it creates an emotional response. Uh, just the the layers of random sounds put together in a rhythmic fashion have the ability to stimulate us emotionally when you hear it. Now, if it feels that good to just hear it, how good does it feel to also play it, to be producing it? Like how complex of a species are we that we were able to grasp the power of 
this very subjective thing that are just random noises that probably started off with like cavemen grunting in yeah. synchronicity, right? And they're like, oh, this is harmony? <laughs> and then there's like I another love, caveman that I love, dope. I love Christian's take on, mod, on like history. It's just like, yeah. I'll teach a fucking class. Oh, this is <laughs> harmony? Before they have fire, they're already like, It's a good feeling, man. I know like a couple of times that in these like Barrelista gigs for sure. Um, like there've been like emotional moments for me where I'm just like, shit, I'm fucking doing this right yeah. now. Like, yeah. you know, like we were locked in or like, I'm looking at C squared. And I'm like, fuck, that's my boy. Like we've been yep. playing for a long time, you know? And um, yeah, I agree with what you're saying too, Christian. I like, I love looking at the reactions of people or uh, just kind of seeing how people are recepting the music. Yeah. And I think there's a fine line between that too. Cause I've been in the, in the mode where it's like I let that affect my playing mm. yeah and then sometimes I just gotta be like alright fuck this so you know the other you were there for my that drum solo that I did yeah that shit was smacking dude like I had yeah but the beginning of it I was like and I've, I had a conversation with Ty about this too where I had like this epiphany and I was like just drumming pecking away on my pad where I'm like I exactly what I'm talking about right now right like letting people letting me see like people's reactions but then it's almost like I'm playing to like get the reaction mm -hmm. instead of just being like all right forget that like I'm just gonna do my thing right now so that's what happened in that solo I was like okay remember what I was thinking of the other day yeah and then yeah whatever happened in there's the like a, a fine balance and there's nothing wrong with getting lost in that space where you are just lost in it like I was when I was talking about music with the friend that I told you I was talking to I was trying to bridge an analogy with, have you guys seen Soul on Disney yeah. Plus? You know, like that that lost space that he yeah, gets into yeah. when he's playing it. It's a uh, real thing. It's a real <laughs> thing. Like, even though that's an animated movie, the way they depicted it in that fashion was like, I was able to vibe with that. Mm -hmm. Like, as, as a singer, I, I was able to, like, when you just feel it, and like you close your eyes, you're you're feeling the lyrics, you're feeling like the 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 invisible connection with the crowd, and or even if it's as intimate as just you're performing for one person, you get lost sometimes, and that's the beauty of music that I wish people that I feel so blessed to have experienced, you know, that I feel so blessed to have had been born with some form of natural talent to be able to produce that, and I only wish that other people that don't have that can experience it in other fashions, you know? Like, it, how does it feel like when you've done comedy in the past mm -hmm. or when you've acted on stage or seen yourself in a short film and to, like, really be in character or to really feel the crowd explode? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the most, like, un, uh, unduplicatable experiences, right? You can only get it from one place, and it's such a difficult experience to achieve, but, you know... Um, I don't know, man. I think it's interesting that you've been able to experience that on both sides, though. You're asking a question that you know the answer to. I mean, you've been in a room where you're killing jokes, and you've been in a room where you're in singing songs and stuff like that. I've been sometimes you do it in the same room at the same time, and it's like you know that you get that experience, and you're killing them on two different fronts. I mean, it's just a, just a different experience altogether. I'm just curious because at at the end of the day, we're still two individuals. The way like you you feel it might be a little different than me. Sure. Um. And like, I don't know if that's how it is with you guys, because you guys play different instruments. So there has to be, obviously, there are those moments where it's just like locked in, right? Like during, like at the end of like your your drum solo, when you guys get back into it, how good does that feel? 
And we'll cut to a clip. I'll put the video up. It feels good when we do it right. Because <laughs> it feels good for me. Yeah. I don't know if you hear me in the video, but I'm like, I love this part. I'm like kind of drunk and I'm like yelling at like C squared. I'm like, I love when they do that. And then you hear Sessie like, I like it too. It's so funny. I like it too. It's, I don't know. It's fucking awesome. Like what you guys do, like legitimate fans, separating the bias that I've, uh, that I've known you guys for a while, you know, like, you know, I feel like you're one of my best friends, Sule. I'm, you entered my life a little later, a lot later, <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like you're a good friend of mine. Like, thank you, man. I, I want to invite you to my shit. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Um, in fact, he's going to have one in a couple minutes. I enjoy you too, Christian. <laughs> thank Very you. Much, you man. avoided eye contact as you said that. So we'll have a talk later. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Run the tape. <laughs> <laughs> so but good stuff thanks for making time to come out here uh we're, we're always excited to have you here like um and you guys it's very uh, particularly exciting because you guys are recording new music do you guys want to tell the listeners a little bit about that we're recording new music yeah. Oh, we can talk about it. Oh, um, no, yeah, kidding. of course. Yeah, it just felt cool of to course. say that. <laughs> yeah, it is cool. Yes, yeah, so we're recording new music. That's Shout correct. out uh, Aiden Nelson. He's Aiden. producing it for you guys. No, he's not producing it. Recording? He's it? just recording. <laughs> okay. He's our recording engineer. He's been helping it though. Uh, and he's a great guy, and he did our last project too. Um, and yeah, we're doing a full length album, so we're doing a, a ten or so track album. And uh, we've got three of the songs done. That's awesome. How, what does it take? How do you know when a song is done? When do you like finish recording it or editing it and then just put it on the shelf and be like, okay, now move on to the next one? Or do you start another track while you're still working on this one? Or do, are they ever done? Do you ever like revisit them sometimes months later and think maybe a little maybe That's a, a little great more question. Hard? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get my spin. Like, I mean, I think in, in just thinking of like the projects that we've worked on, um, you know, sometimes there's, there's like an amount of time that you have to work on it, right? Sure. Like the last project, for example, we were, we were like paying some good money for it and, um, you have to like get in time is, work. yeah, time is money. Right. So like you got to be strategic with not just how you prepare yourself to get into the, into the mode of recording, but how you go through the process of like editing and making changes. Cause I mean, as much as you could record one take of something and it might it might have felt good in the in the moment like maybe you listen back to it and it's not as good as you thought it was but if you're not honest in that moment and you start making more edits and changes on that take like it's harder and harder to take steps backwards like you'd just be recording it again right mm -hmm. so you got to be um there's almost like a, a bit of humility that you have to have right like to just be an acceptance too like it might be you took you ran that take twenty times like and how we record most of our projects is we go through the whole we'll do the whole song together, wow. um, and then we don't usually like punch which in punches is like you would start in the middle or right? like at a certain section yeah. we'll just go like beginning to end beginning to end beginning to end all right which one out of these ten takes sounds the best wow um, so I think like just being able to 
have that internal clock of like, okay, yeah, yeah, we've done that 10 times. Like, do we think we have enough in all of those takes to, to put something together? And then just really being able to make that decision and move on to the next thing. I think the important part is like when you move on, like you move on. For sure. Right? There, I think we were talking, was it yesterday or the day before where you're like, so do you think like we should re-record anything? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we are not going you back. You felt it. Yeah. yeah. There's the, uh, If we made that decision, like we just got to run with it. And if it was completely like terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's one thing. But sure. you, if, and I think you said it right, like going, do we want to go down the rabbit hole? of like trying to peck away at like little little nuances that's uh, a dark place it's a very dark place and you know i think part of it too it's a learning experience right so you know i think for our next project that we'll be looking at is like okay like we got to be sure like i think on one of the songs right now where there's maybe a little timing thing going on where yeah. we're like all right uh, i'm kind of accepting it at this point after i've listened to it mm -hmm. so many times but i think at first i was like oh shit like it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Everyone's going to know. Yeah. Like this is not what I thought it was going to be, but have yeah. you guys ever fallen in love with those slight nuanced imperfections though? You know, like yeah. there's something about oh, like yeah. with like old tracks, like let's say, let's take Ray Charles, for instance, mm. one of my favorite vocalists ever. Mm. And his voice is so distinct that, and it's so scratchy and raspy and like not, you know, like he, if if he's reaching for a note and he doesn't quite reach it and it's like, a, you know, a few cents flat, I fall in love with those few cents, you know, mm -hmm. like I can't imagine it if it was just right in the pocket. And that's what I, I have a qualm with, like overproduced pop music in today's world where it's just like, mm -hmm. OK, you, what's what's a, they're, what do you call it? Punching in. Yeah, punching in. When they in. punch in. And there's something beautiful about just not punching in. Yeah. Like Wolfpack does the same thing. They are applauded for like. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, just going through that song yeah. as a whole, keep everything in, choose the best take, but we're not stopping it. Yeah, It's still that live experience of like, this is the product in its entirety recorded for yeah. you to enjoy when, whenever. Absolutely. Are you guys still on the same time crunch for this new album that you're working on? Or is it, do you have a little bit more time to kind of take, and, and what's the difference? Are you guys doing it at, at, at home essentially or? Yeah. And is that more comfortable? Man, I like how we're doing it, to be honest. Like, it's fucking dope to me. I've always had, you know, live out in Martinez right now. So, mm -hmm. you know, this house that I've been in, um, I've always, I, we call it the Midway Music House. So mm. I've always just had this vision of, like, you know, recording sessions, like people over, music being made. And, uh, you know, Jason living there, doing his DJ thing. Like, shout out Jason. Yeah, shout out Jason Grosby, uh, J-So, Moveset, shout out all those fools. Um, it's just been awesome to have that house just like, sorry, Nana, but just constantly vibrating, right? Like there's always music going on. <laughs> that sounds great. I want a constantly vibrating home. That's awesome. But, uh, that's your girlfriend sounded, would love it. Yeah. Oh, the, the ladies weird. Weird. No, but that's, but that's awesome. You yeah. know, you, you have a goal and an aspiration to kind of like have this uh, yeah. place of inspiration, right? And, and so, and where are you guys, you guys are recording it in the At, garage? Uh, no, we're actually doing it in the living room right now. So okay. it's like upstairs. Yeah. Uh, we made it all vibey. Like we moved the couch in a different spot. Nice. Um, I could I could show you guys pictures later. I'll send them to you so you could do like little like. I'll put everybody right here. Really be so like. jealous. Uh, but yeah, man, we had like the whole setup. Aiden he brought in his kind of uh, mobile rig that he's got, mic'd up my whole drum set. We had uh, nice. the whole amp setup in the in the room as well. Um, yeah, it was a great experience, man. And, and I think like the fact that it's like you want to put yourself in that space, like. How people did it in the day is go to the recording studio. Mm -hmm. You get in the vibe, like, and so it's like, how do you create that here, uh, here in a, in a home? And 
all, a lot of music right now, if not most of it, is is made, uh, you know, not in a lot of big studios. So that's true. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's great there's great studios out there. Uh, Sunset Sound, L.A. I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of uh, studios that are still kind of doing their thing. But the the at home gig is like a big thing right now. But I think being that I I was able to work at Fantasy Studios, uh, shout out Fantasy Studios, Berkeley, California, no longer open. But I think just being able to be in that environment. Like I just understand, and Aiden's he was an intern with me there as well, so that's how we have the connection with Aiden. Awesome. We did our um, first record there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So dope. So it's just like, and that's why I think about like the vibe. It was that was like a big thing at Fantasy. Like if it looks good, it sounds good. I just remember hearing that from uh, a guy mm. named Robert Kirby. Shout out Robert Kirby. I love that dude. Uh, if it looks good, it sounds good, right? So like you gotta you put yourself in the vibe, and like you're gonna oh, yeah. have a good experience. So, and sometimes it can be challenging, right? Like I think of how I have. Uh, Sometimes I don't like making beats in my room or like I used to have like all my music stuff in my room, but then I just felt like I didn't have a space to go to to create. Yeah. So it was cool to be able to kind of change the living room into that and um, have a spot to learn it or. Grow yeah, and just, absolutely, yeah. man. It was it was awesome. So I, mean, I don't know what, what your thoughts are, but he's like, yeah, I think we're going to move the setup to maybe the garage or. A... Yeah. What do <laughs> you think, Sule? You say that because I want to switch it up a lot. <laughs> Switch up. What was the original question? How how is not having a time restriction on this album? Right, or do we have one yeah, in the first place? Yeah. yeah, I think the the deadlines are healthy. We tend to like to have an idea of when things will be done, sure, just so they get done. And then we're always pretty much loose with it. We mm-hmm. we don't want to kill ourselves over a, a a number that we set. Yeah. For example, we're planning to drop some of this music that we just uh, recorded. Uh, but maybe not on the date that we intended to do so. So already that's happening. But um, yeah, we do have a deadline for this record. I'm hoping to get all the recording done in July, uh, which is soon. We're going to have it all all ready. And then um, the the mixing process, we'll see how long it takes. I'm not quite sure about that. We got the Um, sessions booked. So we have the sessions already. Yeah, so the days that we're gonna do the songs, yeah, I'm very excited about it. You know, just super excited. So we're uh, and it's uh, it's our first full. I I personally consider the first project two projects that we've done Mm -hmm. as records. I call them records, although the technical term is EP or whatever because they're shorter. Mm -hmm. But I, I kind of, you know you know, bypass that in my mind because sure. there are pieces of art that we created. And to me, it's, it's a record. Like it's just a record, you know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm, no, no, I like it. I like it. So our, when I, I say our first two records, they're, you know, three tracks, two it tracks. Just be like old heads that are like disagreeing. Yeah. Like an LP. <laughs> so this good. is an LP. That's it's going to be a full length and uh, we haven't done that yet, but uh, intentionally haven't done it yet. You know, like the, way we chose the first three songs on the first record was very intentional. It was just sort of like the three songs that we do. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. that was really what it was at the time. Yeah. It was really all we had. True. And then two two more babies came out, you know? Yep. And yep. This time we've just been working on these <laughs> riffs and um, kind of... Growing these songs into what they are. and Exactly, yeah. Nice. We're actually writing as we're recording for this one too, which we didn't... We did a little bit of that on the last project. We mm-hmm. didn't have the songs like fully completed when we showed up at the studio which is healthy to do you should um, you should do that really yeah some of the stuff greg was talking about earlier is, is in, in terms of recording and the process of um i think we were kind of talking about how 
you know, you have to you have some humility, for example, when you're deciding whether a song is finished or not, in the sense that, you know, like when I was saying it's a dark place, it's like that nitpicky kind of place that you can go into in the studio. Where you just want to fix everything because you can. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the thing, because you can you can yeah. go and fix everything. Yeah. Now you can. Yeah, for sure. Um, it also, you know, the the ideas of the idea of um doing everything in one take or mm-hmm. these are mm-hmm. all ideas that are based on like the way music used to be and sure. if you care about or if you have like that kind of love for that type of music then maybe you ought maybe you you might want to try recording that way too the way we are mm-hmm. but you know we listen to modern music too of course i do did think of one thing though as we were saying it which is that it's possible that our um way of thinking has changed and how we listen to music in the sense that when you hear mistakes, they might be a little uglier than they used to be for people. Hmm. Like now they're really noticeable. And and if I can have a kind of moment of insecurity here, like sometimes when I'm playing and I'm not hitting the right notes, I can, it's probably in my mind, but maybe I can like feel Greg or someone else in the room notice that I, hmm. I didn't do like the cleaner thing with mm. what I played. Yeah. You cheated a bit. No, I oh. messed up to Just some up. someone okay. else. Okay. But yeah. but to the point that we made earlier of like being in the moment with what you're doing. Like That's I live liked, music, man. Yeah. Well, I was going to say I like to think in those times where I do do that like my compensation for for making that mistake is that I was in it. Yeah. yeah. And you can't take that away from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if not to have a comparative thinking mindset but with so how with the exposure of so many musicians now with the internet yeah there's quite a lot i think of not being in it you know mm-hmm. record you record your best thing for like 10 seconds you know and mm-hmm. then post it um but, but I, I don't want to stress that this this kind of thing i'm saying comes from an insecurity of just wanting to be a better player and executing you know when you're in the studio you got to execute not just because you're on a budget or because of time uh but just because it's a whole other level of uh art uh or maybe it's not art but just it's it's its own thing you know and i think people who um uh recording artist is a thing right yeah. there's artists yeah. mm-hmm. there's people record you know recording artists and thankfully you know because of the times we live in uh where you know we're we're younger so we got a, we got computers and stuff growing up we got to record ourselves so we have more experience than someone who like sure. had to go to a studio in yeah. their time so we have, you know, we have some recording experience. We know how it is. You go in, you might not get the take that the the take that you did at Barrelista last week, mm-hmm. where you mm-hmm. killed it, yeah. and you almost want to cry because of how in sync you are. You're not gonna get that on the record necessarily, but we know that. Sure. And it's kind of this thing like when people see, uh, you know, you guys were talking about um, people walking by and how they react to your music. I think that's a pretty deep thing too. It's very complex. Like, cause you're talking about people who like music to them. is just like, whatever. Yeah. But like music to me and Greg is like life, everything life. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, or let me speak for myself. Like, you know, I'll hear something and I'll just be like, oh, cry, you know, I mean, it's, it's different levels to this, you know? Sure. So someone might experience music differently. It seems to be that, um, like it seems to be the common denominator for experiencing live music at least is that if the artists are into it that's like the uh the basic language for sure everyone gets that one yeah. which is like they're into it and i'm now into it 
Because when you see someone having a good time on stage, you have a good time. That's the basic. But if I do like some crazy sick Jimi Hendrix thing and then and then Greg does some crazy Jay Dilla type drunk drumming <laughs> over it, and I'm like, yeah, we just did some shit. Other people might not even notice that, you yeah. know, like more than likely won't actually because that's just such a like specific thing. Sure. I think also you're like, it's almost like mm. the things that are dope to us, like sometimes are not dope to other people. Yes. And I want to, I want to interject there. And that's, I think that's a big thing right there. Like as an artist, like, you know, that thing that me and Greg thinks is dope is like, if someone else doesn't think it's dope and I'm, I'm not going to say what you think I'm going to say. I'm not going to say, then fuck them. But it's yeah. not that. Yeah. It's just like, that's art, you know? You yeah. create your Subjective. thing. You believe in it. You love it. Yep. And that's how I feel about our projects. And it's such a, like, it's almost like a, like a religion or something. It's just such a safety in my heart that, like, for me, at least, I'm speaking for myself, that I did this. Yeah. These are done. And I'm proud of them, you yes. know? And, you know, whether or not they get hurt or whatever, I know what I did was, like, authentic and yeah. it feels good sure. to me. Of course. So well, it's yeah. like it's like that feeling too of uh you know like when you're like oh yeah that was awesome you're like really well no if like people we get like the response from like the oh, crowd it's right. like you guys did so good and we're like oh thank you yeah. like that was the shittiest show we just played and to clarify that's not like what all musicians do we're not talking True. about that where yeah. every musician's always like yeah well, i could have practiced in ball yeah you're right, you're right. Ball. i wrote this only five minutes ago ball. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ball. like not that just yeah just like us knowing honestly that we could have done better yeah. And uh, having that moment of like, wow, like they didn't notice. <laughs> there are so many levels to what the, both of you have just said in the past 10 minutes that I just like really want to like shine light on and that I really connect with. Mm. It's the. For, OK, what you guys said most recently, like if it's your shittiest performance and people come up to you. And they say, that was fucking great. It's like the whole thing with like singers. Like we sound different in our heads. And like as much insecurities as I have as a vocalist, when it comes out of my mouth, it's not going to sound the same to my ear as I'm singing it to someone else's ear. And so I'm going to be insecure, judging it, thinking that like, oh, my intonation is really bad. And when someone else comes up to me and says like, hey, what you did right there, fucking beautiful. And there's something beautiful about that. And that, and also I want to comment on like the passerbys that listen to your music, um, they're like, let's say, two two types. Let's keep it simple. There's the passerby who has zero obligation to like stop and listen and really appreciate it, and, and they do, and that feels really good. And also, they could appreciate it as, let's say, uh, I, I use this uh, metaphor a lot, a muggle, someone who doesn't like understand music to that level, you know, <laughs> or just like, that sounds good. And then, but there's going to be some of those, uh, those like, uh, those music heads where they're really understanding, like right. your, your Jay Dilla fills, where they're really understanding your Jimi Hendrix, uh, riffs, right? And they really understand it and appreciate it. Where the muggles are going to be like, ah, that's too much. I've been, um, I've been made fun of because I've adopted this like trait growing up with like musicians where when we listen to good music, we put on a stank face and I get made fun of that when I'm listening to like some sort of like 
jazz music or like this artist that is uh, very unorthodox, right? <laughs> and like I'm, you know, and I'm appreciating it for different levels that let's say a muggle wouldn't understand. <laughs> and it sounds so condescending, but like no, but you, I've seen you true. in that trance. You see me in that trance. He's made fun of me in that no, trance I, before. I, I, oh, you yeah. have made fun of me in maybe, that trance maybe, before, maybe, dude. Maybe. Um, and. You can't, I you can't stop the stink. You can't, you can't stop I, I it. it. It's objective. I, yeah, it's because I'm not gonna make fun of a muggle for listening to muggle music. Go ahead, listen to your muggle music, you fucking muggle. <laughs> um, but you Just know, so we know. I'm gonna listen a, to what's, my what? What's muggle music? Just give me one artist who's a muggle artist. Um, let's see. What's a uh oh. Who's a pop artist that really just capitalizes on four chords with two chords to a bridge? Help me out. I don't want to like Katy Perry. I was just Katy no! Perry. Dude, I should have fucking opened my mouth because I was example. about to say Katy Perry. Katy Perry in high school was <laughs> oh one of my, my guilty pleasures. God. A guilty pleasure for sure because I was like, it's catchy. I get why this is listened to. You know, I like Roar. Pretty without any makeup. Oh, yeah. You know, stuff like that. And I'm like, this is catchy, that's but it's, I feel guilty about it because it's not serving me. I could spend two and a half minutes listening to like something that I, I I know will you know raise my hairs and give me goosebumps. Yeah. And to you, your own like it's I I know I joke by saying muggle. It's it's really more so a joke, but it's music. Whatever you listen to, listen to it. And because at the end of the day, it serves the purpose of being this language that makes you happy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sometimes we don't speak the same dialect, but yeah. You know, you'll speak Katy Perry and I'll speak something else that, you know, uh, that is a different dialect than Katy Perry. Yeah. An example, please? Yeah, well, we... Uh, oh, <laughs> I don't want to list it out. I just... Now I'm getting insecure because I, know, I feel like I I'm being an asshole. You're calling like, out people who are never, ever going to hear this podcast, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Point. Katy uh, Perry's going to be I your next guest. I wish. I, wish. I, wish. <laughs> I just watched the episode of her on How I Met Your Mother when she been, hooks up with Barney. Oof, oh. I missed that day. Dude. Oh, honey. <laughs> Anyways. Shout out Katy Perry. Shout out Katy Perry. As you guys were. Because she definitely listens to the podcast. I was going to say that uh, a couple of things. Like the stank face mm. in particular, uh, for me at least, we haven't really talked about it with anyone like that, like that, like in depth. Like, But it's it's just like a, a autonomous response. Yeah. It's not like this is something I should stank face to. Yeah, mm -hmm. of course. It's just oh like, yeah, definitely. Oh, you're just face just warps like, when something happens, yeah. sort of. Yeah. And the what? alchemy yes. of you listening and how your body reacts to it. So there's that. I just wanted to say that, because um, that's interesting, and it reminded me of like growing up. My dad. I so saw my family's from Afghanistan, and my dad's a musician, and um, I don't know if it's just Afghans, but. When the Afghan stank face, there's an Afghan stank oh, face. Oh, I okay. Look into the camera and do and it. I'm just realizing what it is. And it's not a face; it's a sound. So if something really hits in Afghan music, Afghans go like, "Wow, I fucking love wow, it!" Wow, like it's almost like everything. Which we do when we're disappointed too. Actually, we go. I recognize I that from my father. Yeah. Yo, I have to say, like, I've noticed you do that. Like when no. you watch like uh, a drama or something. Oh, and we're like, oh yeah, is that where? What's that mayor show? Mayor. Yeah, mayor. Yeah, you've been watching that show. The it's mayor like, of Easton. You know, oh, on HBO, right? Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen it yet, but okay. We should explain that. There's an animal, right, that does that sound. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's like some kind of rodent, and it just goes, <laughs> mayor. 
<laughs> so we, we we call mayor of east town that we go but yeah you so you were we were watching mayor of east town and then you know like some kid gets whacked that's a dark show by the way yeah. uh and then you're just like yeah, and i'm funny. like huh. but you, you they do it when the music hits too yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's funny how like the worst moment is very very close to like the best moment right you're just it's the, like what kanye said about words he's like the the best word or the worst words are next to the best something like that what 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 the whoop ass words no he said kanye said something in the beginning of i uh what is that song called i something about kill i almost killed you in the beginning i thought about killing thought about killing you he says the darkest thoughts are all are next to the best the brightest something the lyrics in that song no are really duality i know what you're talking about yeah um so go ahead um, no, that's, uh, that's interesting how yeah. it's autonomous and like the faces that we make to something so good, the duality of something so good creates something so unattractive in our face. It's that's like, true. it's like pain. It's like sex, dude. Like when you're having sex, <laughs> especially for guys, we don't look pretty. You know, there's no way that you could I like do. ejaculate. I what? Look really? I look like this every time. <laughs> that's ugly to me. That's like, that's douchey. <laughs> and you just say to the girl, I'm done. I, that's right. It's, you clean it's, up. It's completely silent. I just go like this. I just go, <clears throat> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. But <laughs> where uh, are we talking about uh, before? I, I feel like I wanted to say something else and, and maybe we can move on. But before like making like a stank face to. There's something after that that you start talking about. Um, Mm, oh yeah okay muggle so music the muggle there's muggle, oh, muggle music, music. Can, I, yeah. can i comment on that for a second yes so <laughs> the cult I, people <laughs> right so it's like we're kind of talking about this idea of like people who experience music the way greg and i do and mm -hmm. then other people right sarcastically mm -hmm. speaking right? yeah but that is that's the thing i guess you know i don't know what it is it's just a it's a topic of discussion certainly because yeah. there's just kind of levels to it and then when the ego comes into it is seems to be when it's problematic because we're talking about art we're talking about sound yeah. right yeah. like maybe one of the earliest experience human experiential things that exists in our mm -hmm. universe yeah like the cavemen that we were talking about. yeah right? kind of right <laughs> like it's it's sound it's it's just a and and to get like even deeper like you know we like the physiology of our body is like vibrating everything's vibrating everything's sound and crazy man so it's there's levels to it you know like i think about some of the people who are like you know really close to me in my life and very important people in my life you know um who don't experience seem don't seem to experience music the same way i do sure. um and you could really see that as like a bad thing mm -hmm. pretty easily if you bring your ego into it um or you can see it the other way which i haven't figured out how to do yet you or know, what that is you know because it's it seems seems frustrating to me actually yeah, that yeah. other people aren't experiencing it yeah yeah because it's, like, it's such a great thing for you you wish that they could experience it the know, same yeah, way you do yeah. for sure yeah. i i'm not on that level with music per se i think mm -hmm. i have a very close affinity to music i grew up with with a lot of music and my dad and both my my brother was a musician as well um and you love film but i love and film some and, people and art. experience music from that door like yeah. kind of yep. A lot of my music is from like soundtracks of movies and stuff like that. And I always kind of like, I'm always kind of embarrassed if somebody calls me out on like, is this from, is this from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie? I'm like, no, no, I liked it be before the before movie. Before that. It's a, such a weird Because you, you like the soundtracks is what you're saying? I love, I think music tells such an incredible story and then paired with the visual of, of film totally. and stuff like that. Totally. Um, but I also find a really interesting parallel with like, with comedy, with the, with the idea of, mm. you know, I was just watching this talk with this comedian, Bob Hope, or not Bob Hope. 
Wow. He was mentioned. <laughs> Bob Hope is a comedian. I didn't uh, say that wrong. Bob Newhart um, was talking about how he really enjoys comedy written to the highest level of intelligence. And I paused it for a second and I turned to the person who I was with and I said, you know, that's something that I think about all the time because I'll write jokes that I think are, and I say this to Christian all the time, level seven, level eight, meaning you kind of have to know two or three different things and kind of see where my brain's going to get this joke. And I almost always shelve those jokes because I wonder if people just write it off as being stupid or write it off as being silly. But the truth of the matter is, if I'm good at my job, I'm able to hit every level of that aspect. In the course of this joke, I'm able to hit the low brow, I'm able to hit the high brow, and then I'm able to hit the level seven joke where it takes a little bit of unpacking to, to kind of figure out. But isn't that what creates the c- comedy staying face is like finding that yeah. in- intuition it's of like discovering song, it into it. It's yeah. writing a song. Yeah, I, yeah, I think writing a song is significantly harder, but yes, it's very similar in the moments. Oh well, I mean, like, still very subjective with like with writing a joke. I mean, we've witnessed how hard comedy is, especially stand up comedy. If you're like the only person like busking on stage, for sure, for sure, and you don't have like it's different from improv, which there's a lot more uh, forgive forgiveness, yeah, because. At least we're making it up on the spot. The audience is they in on the joke we that we're making it up on the spot. I have you to bounce off of. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking of it right there and then. Mm-hmm. There is no expectation of me to have prepared material to say it right there and then. And when writing a joke, there are comedians that are so meticulous about the verbiage of it. Sure. You know, they write it down on their notepad as they would say it. There's some like that rather than just like winging it type of thing. So it's, it's subjective. Comedy like is... As to go back to what you were saying, mm. it's not a bad thing if you don't experience music the way that you guys can experience music as that's beautiful. Yeah, I guess if everyone did, it would be like, yeah, right. Like it's chocolate not cake. Special, Everybody yeah. loves chocolate yeah. cake. Yeah. <laughs> but I at the very least hope that you are getting that same amount of of happiness mm. and uh, regardless, you from know, what it somewhere is? else. It's just. I'm like, <laughs> I'll do like a, an electrocution. Yeah. Like, or you, I, think, <laughs> I think for me, it's like, what uh, do you compare to music mm. in that regard? Right. We talk mm. about like the stank face thing and also for the stank face thing. And like what you're saying, Alex, with comedy, I think that's a, that's a point in the experience you're having, right? Like you're yeah. not going to be stank face in the whole song. I mean, you might, I can't think of a song that I stank face the whole time. Have to. you heard the song Freebird? <laughs> yeah, definitely don't no stink face at, at, not once in that song. But um, but my, I guess my point is is like it's it, like you were explaining how there's like this there's kind of like a way that you get to the pinnacle of like the joke right hook yeah. line sinker type thing. Yeah. And I think of like when I have like a stink face moment in a song, it's usually because like the beat is hidden or they like, built up to this. They moment. said something that is like you know the lyricist said something. And it's, you know, I always equate that time. It's like when a beat's really knocking, like if you ever notice, you're probably holding your breath. Holy shit. And I'm asthmatic. That's (laughs) that's how you know, like when some shit's really hitting, like you're holding your breath and you're probably stank facing. And that's probably like a little deeper for like some of the musician folks. But um, wow. No, you you hit it right on the head. Yeah, yeah. That's, I've noticed that more recently. I'm just like, you're really good at like, he's really good at, uh, equating things like saying like this is like this when it gets to this point he's the one that i got it from i was like snacking becomes bad once it becomes rhythmic and so now <laughs> also this a great is line. true also a great line and so like i was telling you guys before we were recording 
the dark chocolate acai berries that I offered you a bag of three days ago after I hit my pen. I was like, I'm going to do four. I, after I ate 39, I was like, I didn't even like pause in between each mid chew. I'm already have two stacked in my palm. That's how I learned how to eat like chips and salsa in a Mexican restaurant. It's like, as you have one in the mouth, you get the next one. Ready for your mouth. It, it's a, it's dangerous, man. Yeah. I also think, not to take us on a weird tangent, but just since we're here, I think people like food for textures in their mouth more so than flavors. I think mm. it's a, it's a mm. mixture of all things, but yeah. that's an important. I think that's factor. a big part of it. Yeah, texture, yeah. texture, not flavor. Because I'll say no to things because of texture. Like I hate. Um, sorry to anybody on the show, but oysters. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. That's an aphrodisiac. I think I've had like. Bless you. One. I think I've had like one experience and I think it was grilled. Oh, those are the best kind of okay. oysters. So maybe grilled, I'm only only down with grilled oysters, but like any other like, like a just straight raw. raw. You can't uh, do it raw. Uh, did you put like tapatio on it and like yeah, I did lemon, the whole thing. Garlic. lemon, yeah, the whole thing. Oh man, did you look at the girl in her eye and go yeah, while well, I fucking gagged. Like, oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That cancels out the aphrodisiac. It is kind of like a giant loogie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or you gonna say thing. Oh, uh, <laughs> coconut. <laughs> <laughs> I personally like coconut. I, I don't remember, but it had, didn't have to do with oysters. <laughs> <laughs> Please take us away from oysters. I'm yeah, sweating. We, we can, I can't do five more minutes on the oysters. It, it, had, it, it was the uh, something with the uh, stank face. Was it still music? Or it still was like- music. It was. Uh, oh, it was the the. The feeling of like witnessing or being around or just knowing that someone's not experiencing music the same way you are mm. is this is the common human condition for lack of better terms of wanting a sense of belonging and community Ugh. this is a deep thing yes. we all have you know laughter is a big big yes. bring together thing right that we can do and music is one too uh the next the next level for lack of better terms of the music you know wanting to a sense of belonging experience is being a musician now you're in this kind of sense of belonging sure yeah and then even in the music community like with c squared who's excellent keyboardist there's times when i'm not understanding what he's doing or vice versa and you feel like you don't belong you feel alone you know yeah and um so i just wanted to comment that that's that's kind of what it is. It's it's maybe one aspect of it. maybe it's not the whole sure. sort of explanation for 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 what we're talking about, but definitely one of them is that like you, you someone you love isn't isn't experiencing what you're experiencing, yeah. and it's a good thing. It's a positive thing, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like damn, I'm by myself with this feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and that's that's kind of cool too because like I have a you know friend of mine, Tehran, who I have a. Or you, you know, who I have a, just a unique musical bond bond with. We have a, our own little understanding of what sonically is satisfying and and meaningful, and you know, and then with other people, I have other things, and and that's fine. I think yeah. I'm just figuring it out sure. live on the podcast. You know, yeah. what I, was, I was just thinking about is when like mm. you know, Carlos has been playing these Barrelista gigs with us. And so there was a point in time where we had to kind of like come together as, you know, three EXP and uh, figure out like how to play. And I just remember, um, you know, when like me and Suleiman started and we're like making our music, like there's like the way that I was trained in music and there's the way that Sule was trained in music and to come together and figure out how to communicate properly Mm -hmm. and like 
create something, right? Yeah, like man. there was definitely some uh, some friction and some frustration there. Sure. Healthy tension. Yeah, healthy tension. But like the same thing happened with C's grade. And I remember specifically you saying like, or maybe it was me. I was like, yeah, this is like when we first started or like you said something like that along those lines because, you know, we're trying to communicate and figure out like yeah. how to be like a cohesive unit. But there's like this moment where you got to take a step back to be on like the same field so we can like take the next step forward. That's so. a complex thing too. Yeah. And, and that has, I think, admittedly a lot to do with uh, musicians who have a jazz love background perhaps and jazz being like obviously a, you know, very vague term, but um admittedly i my mindset is always not always but is is influenced by the idea of writing the music for mm -hmm. the band um a little bit of a control thing perhaps you know just uh being a front man sure. i think and with that comes the like sort of here's what we're gonna do okay and i, I always compliment greg on this I'm not quite sure how he feels about the compliment, but <laughs> just his patience and ability to deal with that, sure. you know, yeah. uh, maybe he doesn't see it as a, a burdensome thing, but I do, you know, I, re I recognize that I could, instead of trying to make, and this is just sort of one way of uh, explaining it, but instead of making everything work around my, you know, things, I could just practice more and and do your thing better better yep. so that he can like maybe not have to do exactly what i need him to do or something like for that sure, for sure um but you know the the duo expr band has sort of these well, and it's like the duo sorry to cut you off though. yeah it's like the duo concept like yin and yang though you know hmm. like yeah yeah that's how we started but we've came to a point where like just like we were we were with carlos like i'm like and i appreciate the comment too um <laughs> and i definitely be exercising the patience in those mm -hmm. moments for sure like all right we'll get through this but <laughs> yeah yeah I, I was just gonna say that we um we have we've we have these unwritten laws that only really come out when we have to talk about them, like right now sure. and then i'm like wondering if greg knows or agrees with what i'm saying <laughs> but they're not they're not you know real things they're just sort of explanations of how our rehearsals and recording sessions seem to go down sometimes it is like like the last session last session like I kind of turned into like a little bit of a coordinator, right? I was mm -hmm. like, yo, do this now, do this now. And mm -hmm. I felt crazy as I was doing it, but it was like, it's sort of like in group projects when like no one's doing anything and you're like, yeah, you feel like yeah. you have to. So not that that's what it was, but that's just sort of how, uh, how I can explain what was of happening. Course. I get it. Yeah. And then that becomes like, you know, because we're still, we're a new band, you know? And so this, you know, like you might ask, how do you guys write songs? And be like, well, here's how we did it on the first record. Yeah. Here's how we're doing mm -hmm. it now. <laughs> so it's all new, you know, and a lot of those unwritten laws uh, of the duo and how we do things are just like what makes us kind of make sense out of what we're doing. Yeah. Sure, you know, sure, sure. one of them like that we know for sure is like a kind of unwritten law is like the rawness of what we do, the simplification, mm -hmm. the fact that we're two people and that we have to sort of make that work. That's definitely been a common denominator throughout the time we've been together mm -hmm. some of the newer ones for example would be like just like how we're doing this album you know like truthfully i didn't really run much by greg i just sort of was like we're gonna do these songs these are the riffs blah 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 and like i said earlier like his patience is what makes it work of course if he had a problem with it i'm sure he'd let me know of course um but it's also like you know he's got a full-time job he might not have time to think about like what angel what number of the angel wing from this <laughs> image 
represents the same, you know, <laughs> the track title of this, which is going to be the, you know, that's like how I'm working with this stuff. Course, like the track title of this last, this next album we're doing uh, is the name of the album of our last album, which I just... I'm announcing to Greg right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know? a, that's a great reaction. Look at him. He's so yeah, So stuff like that, you know, and that's how, you know, that's just how I like to kind of create and think of the stuff that we do. Um, it's definitely more like whatever. It's For like, sure. more, you know, kind of uh, in, how do you say, like loosey goosey. Yeah. And then, you know, like I respect Greg, you know, this duo is equal, you know, yeah. um, when I get paid by the, by the bar, Everybody gets equal, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, my father taught me that, you know, Beautiful. to pay my musicians uh, the same as I get paid. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that is what makes this band unique. Sure. You know, if I'm going and doing like my own production or something, that's when I can, you know, do all the other do shit. Do something different. Yeah. Well, we, we get that for sure. I mean, me and Christian have, have created this kind of... I was going to say friendship, but it's almost more than that because it's because of what we've gone through and what we've created to, to make this. We're almost on this like brother level where we can understand each other and feel out even when someone's not quite saying the thing that they, we know that they're trying to say or I'm not quite getting the thing out that I should be saying. We're able to kind of like get down to that kernel of, you know, and be like, OK, well, what's what's really the what's really the problem here? And thankfully, it's been um healthy enough where we can talk it through and make it make it work yeah. you know we don't get paid by a bar per show but we try to split everything as pretty much as we can as 50 50 throughout all of the mm -hmm. the show that we've done and we try to make everything everything as equal as we can um just because on the basis of you know we want to pull our own weight you know you guys are a duo too yeah exactly yeah. exactly and you it is just are... the two of us you know we have nobody else to depend on just like you guys it's not like you can turn to a manager and be like greg said this to me today right just like me and christian who am i gonna i'm not gonna turn to yeah. you know a producer and be like yeah well you should cut that part out if christian doesn't but we know. have gone through some shit like we've gone through some fights i straight up yell at him during episodes because like yeah, uh, because that's just weird. how it is you know like we but then we 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 make up right there and then uh, right after and just start start talking about the movie and then but with with tension comes growth you know mm -hmm. and i don't think our relationship would be the same without those without those fights those arguments those like uh those hard talks but we are where we are right now and i'm really happy with it it's like you kind like when you guys have like those hard talks or like even like when you were introducing carlos into the mix and you guys were having some tension you're supposed to have that tension because you figure it out because you it's guys healthy are... tension is what I like. Yeah, to call yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's, it's healthy, and and then there's a difference between that and you know when it gets when it gets like it, when it gets like you know like how I was reacting to the Aiden's text kind of <laughs> where it, when it turns into like you're in a, a trans of your own anger or whatever it might yeah. be you know that's <laughs> out of it yeah you know there's a difference between that and like when I'm yep. playing some for Greg and he's not like. He's like, what do you mean the timing? I mean, like mm -hmm. the timing. He's like, what do you, what are you trying to, you know, express? And there's tension, but it's like, we're gonna get through this. Yeah. And uh, you know, it reminds me of like in the recording process too, like the idea of like being humble to kind of clarify what, what we mean by that. I think what you mean by that is like accepting that the take is as good as it gets, as good as it gets, and not bringing your pride into that and thinking like, well, it should be, I can do better. Well, I don't yeah. know, yeah. and just sort of accepting, right? Mm -hmm. There's a you need humility to sort of accept what is, and um, what were we talking about? Um, tension, tension and growth. tension. Yeah, so like we had tension in this last session we did, but mm -hmm. it's in the recording, mm -hmm. you know, and then 
and then mm. being able to accept that is like maybe cool. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, like, adds it's a little just bit. part of it. Like yeah. now, if it was our second record, it might it might not have wanted <laughs> so to much. accept that we had tension in our first song of our second record. Yeah, but it's our third record. Sure, and I'm totally cool with like three of the songs. Me and Greg being like in argument, even though we weren't. But if we were, like having you know. that bit of but sometimes yeah. it's like that makes it special it's a moment and it makes it special it's a moment like some of some of the episodes if you can accept it yes yeah. if you can accept it yeah. some of the episodes where i've like yelled at this guy because he's pissed me the fuck off some of those are my favorite episodes i've ever had because it's just like actually yeah like it's a it's a moment of growth like i, I got especially after i edited it, i'm like Oh, I think I dug into him a little too hard right there, and then I should lay back. Or I'm like, oh no, you fucking deserves that, <laughs> fucking asshole. Fuck Nonetheless, we've watched it. People have like liked it, and most of all, we've we've enjoyed it. And like, it's it's a it's a bond. I don't it's know. Very it's masochistic. A, it's a bond. It's a. I'm not happy. <laughs> it's weird. I cry every time we stop recording. Um, but then we hug, and he kisses me, and I go home. Yeah, I do that too with Greg. Like, you know, See, I, I'm scared of the confrontation to be honest i value our band a lot i really sure. want to keep it good you course, know and course. um and keep it going and keep it going i'm grateful for greg i don't i've, I've played with many drummers before tried to do literally exactly what we're doing mm -hmm. and greg's the winner you know he's did it he did it he's That's did it awesome. he's not doing it he's done nah. real quick <laughs> uh real quick how are you doing on time because... we're good i think we can just run to um until I feel like I gotta go. Okay, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. If okay. okay, hey, dude, we're You're fine. You're our, you guys are our guests. I wanted to say that. Um, shit. Sorry to. Throw it's you all off. good. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, what we were talking about to bring it back was just like it's. Uh, you were calling Greg the winner. He he. Yeah, but before that, tension, uh, tension is growth. <laughs> um, us fighting. In, mm. Masochism. Um, <laughs> Someone help! Someone help! Uh, uh, where babies so, come it from? It was a side tangent about. Uh, <laughs> it was a side tangent about what we talked about earlier, in in when people experience what we're doing, mm -hmm. and how we were talking about like, are they getting what we're like the Hendrix Dilla thing? Like yeah. we're doing something yes. cool. Do they get it? Um, but and then we were talking about how when you sing and 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 like the insecurities you might have around that, like yeah, that process. But then I was I was thinking like. Someone might come to you after the show, and me and you are thinking, "Whoa, we didn't hit any of those parts right, blah blah blah." But they still liked it. But maybe what they liked is like they'll say, "Oh, great job," they loved it. Mm -hmm. But they're talking about like the fact that we fucking played music for three hours, yes. and that you know, too. and made sounds come out of our instruments, and yeah. that's just something that that person could maybe like never imagine to be able to do, or yeah. doesn't really understand how like that even, and and then. Uh, just as an additional side tangent, it's, it's just so cool. I think one of the the things that I'm really I really think is cool is when you remember when I remember that and in the moment with Greg, like um, it hasn't happened a lot recently, to be honest with with me. But the feeling of wow, what did we just do after we play a song? Mm -hmm. mm. You know, mm -hmm. just like that person who sees us play, just tapping into that like feeling because. We are really doing something pretty wild. Like we play, I play my guitar. We play for four four minutes and twenty seconds, or whatever mm -hmm. is the mm -hmm. length of the song. And uh, he played drums the whole time. We had this sort of like telepathy type yeah. understanding of where we're going sonically, and you know, and and that's so cool. Just that alone, dude. Um, and the weight of appreciating that is kind of sorry. Pre -pre appreciating no, that truth of what we just did was really cool, even though we're musicians and it's like. To us, we're kind of jaded. It's like what we're supposed to do. But 
yeah, just tapping into that is is maybe a good way to practice tapping into what other people experience sure. when yeah. they witness us. Yeah. 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 Um on top of all of that, the just the weight of live music right now, because people have not heard of like W E I G H T. Um the weight of live music people haven't heard live music in like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. The first time I heard live music um, after the pandemic was I I went to Tahoe with my girlfriend and we were just walking around downtown and there was this guy singing some like oldies music, some crooner music. And I was just like, why the fuck am I emotional right now? (laughs) Because like it's right there and then it's a moment and I happen to just stumble across it, you know? And there's something beautiful about sharing that moment with whoever can has that opportunity to share it. Well, I think right now with live music, it's like I keep hearing that. So it's a good opportunity to say it. Like I keep hearing people say like, oh, well, live music, it's like um, it's like uh, rare right now and it's coming back. Whoa, like you guys must feel so lucky to be able to do it. Definitely. Let's speak for myself. Definitely. I feel lucky to be playing shows again. Sure. But it's not hitting me in that same way that it's like rare. And I think it probably has to do with like my behavior during COVID, which was pretty lax. Like I was definitely masked up, definitely being Doing careful, mm-hmm. but I was working and I didn't really have like that as as much of a extreme sort of like uh, quarantine experience. Mm-hmm. Personally, mm-hmm. I, I was working. I, I had an essential working job, so I just kept doing my thing. Um, I actually fi- kind of feel behind and a little bit anxious about doing more with live music even though it's like supposed to be new or whatever and like it's almost like people are like wow you must be so happy i'm like yeah but i'm like i'm trying to do more like Mm -hmm. you know and i think that has to do with also just how fast things move in general in life nowadays like you want to be kind of ahead of the game well you know we're really trying to get more i think not more shows necessarily but just more quality um consistent kind of things like how we're doing at barrelista yeah um you know, we rep Martinez a lot, but truthfully, we want to tap into some other uh, um, demographics. And yeah, market people, you know, people like us, you know, you know, Mar- people of Martinez have been really kind to us for the most part. They really, you know, seem to dig our minus. Uh, I won't say the name. Of the minus bar. some establishment. That establishment across Multiple the street. establishments that, mm. you know, seem to. <laughs> I'm familiar. Yeah. Uh, so seem to just kind of, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so sort of just wanted to ref- kind of comment on definitely gratitude. We definitely feel gratitude for playing shows, but mm-hmm. uh, we also kind of, yeah, maybe it's not really important to share this. I don't know. <laughs> no, you know, it's, just, it's all important. It's just kind of, you know, playing shows is definitely something that we missed. Yeah, that's without a doubt. Yeah, and we're grateful to have like this. We wanted a place to play regularly. You know, it's actually yeah. uh, it's a good opportunity to mention this too. Like, we were you. I was using the analogy of uh, how you know, like, uh, uh, the comedy store, right? Yeah. Like how comedians often talk about that place of uh, as that place as a place of where you you know um, work your shit out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And maybe not the comedy store because no, it's, it's become kind of a place where you. That's after you've worked. Your you got to come out. correct. Yeah. <laughs> Work your shit out at like Joe Blow's bar down right. the street. Chris mm-hmm. Rock works stuff out at the comedy store, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I guess elite, yeah, yeah, elite yeah. comedians could kind of, or elite, you know, whatever for lack of better terms, can work their stuff out at the comedy. Yes, sir. Yes, but sir. the concept of working your your stuff out is, 
is kind of how we feel about Berlisa too, yeah. because exactly. because we, we we've been we've been presented with a a very sort of kind scenario, which mm-hmm. is like the the owner likes us and you know he want he, he he wants us to just do our thing and uh, yeah. and that's that's really the fruit of this every Saturday six to nine scenario is that we can invite people to see us work our stuff out yeah and that's not really common i think with musicians they they especially like a bar kind of restaurant a gig is just typically like very impersonal it seems and just kind of come in do your thing and get out the owners are moguls usually or whatever however Mm -hmm. you say it yeah you know they don't know how much jesus christ ty oh my goodness (laughs) you had one job to do one job ty (laughs) What's that from? You had one job to do. That's from like a lot. I don't know. I don't know where the source is, but I know that it's been said to me too many times. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's next question. It's like um, (laughs) more so than I just want to tag onto that. Is that it is it's a it's the environment that at Baralista, that gig that sets you up for the, the success. You are still getting that crowd. You are still getting these randos that have no obligations to have to listen to your music and you get to see their unbiased responses. And so with that, you're 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 working on your craft. You're still working on your guys' like chemistry during all of that. And I think with how much time has passed, you guys have like conquered a lot because the world is just now coming a little bit back to normalcy. Thank you. Yeah, and so nice like to hear that. To have uh, started with busking and then started at that one place across the street mm-hmm. uh, where, you got, where it wasn't a, you know, like it, that's you not your home place, right? And that was like your first time back. And then now you guys found your residency. And on top of that, uh, your guys' uh, new record you guys are working on. Yes. Fucking yeah. awesome. That's so much work. It is good times. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. and you know, it's like you were talking about like, kind of getting out to see different de- demographics and everything, you know? Yeah. And I think for us, it's almost similar to the recording example you are giving earlier where it's like we're just, when it comes to the music, like we're trying to actually do some shit, right? Yeah. So I think with the Barelista gig, it's like, okay, yeah, we got this, but like what's next? Like you're saying like, yeah, like, oh, aren't you excited to be out and playing live gigs again? Like, yeah, I mean, it's good to do it again, but like – what what's next like yeah, yeah we got yeah. the gig so we trying to do like more now grow so. and go for to sure. the next thing exactly. and then yeah. also the uh, the sense of belonging that we we're talking about earlier i think that's part of it True. too is like yeah i want to see people who you know are into the same things we're into in yep. the crowd and then them seeing them respond positively to what we're doing that would be nice that would be a kind of cool thing to experience yeah. hell yeah so um because you're growing the community you're showing people what you can do and they're coming into it and enjoying it for what you're i mean yeah i think i'm being around the bush and what i'm trying to say is the people in oakland are probably a little more hip mm-hmm. to what we're doing <laughs> like the helen hendrix dilla type thing that we're talking yeah, about for sure which is just an ex- small example yeah and not really even an accurate one um because well, and we've talked about it too like what's that? <laughs> we've said you know like yeah the people in martinez like our stuff because what fucking else are they seeing right now? Yeah. Like they ain't seeing nothing like the nothing shit we're like doing. what we're doing. I would say hell no, nah. yeah. hell um, no. We we I often on the mic when I'm there. I'm just like we're the best band of Martinez. Straight <laughs> <laughs> comes know? out and they're just like, oh, go the right, the right. While simultaneously, there are two bands like down the street. Playing we do that. At those yeah, gigs it's too. a little arrogant. It's a little high school of us, but it is. you know, it's just like it's true though. I tell you, do it though. It's hey, true. If it's, if it's true. It's, it's true, true, and we dude. just want to you know come with that like because those bands are they're 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 a band of muggles. Man, they're no. 
mean, you know what? There's some artists out there, you know, in some of the restaurants I've walked by, and they're like very talented and they do their thing for sure. But we're young and we're just like we're killing it, and like we're we feel like what we do is unique. So um, it's just part of the. I feel like it's it's not even a feeling, man. mm. It's it's like a knowing. Like we know what we're doing is fucking unique, eh? Yeah. You you've been a musician for long enough. I've been a musician for long enough to know like when something is special. And we've had this talk before, right? I don't even think it's like a, a cockiness thing, right? Like we know when okay. some shit's good. Yeah. And we know yeah. what we got. Well, you got For sure. I mean, it's yeah, we know what makes people laugh and we know what makes people not laugh, but then we also know what makes us laugh. And so it's like you, you know, it's kind of playing all three of those notes at the same time is kind of the, the it's, goal. It's it's the balance of of confidence and yeah. being confident in your craft and the balance of knowing that you can still grow. Now it's a bad concoction when you're overly confident, cocky, and you you're plateauing. If that's mm-hmm. where you think you're the best, it, like I'm, the, I'm we're the best. We've that's conquered it. downtown Martinez. It's like, that thing. Doesn't get better we're than the this. kings. It's the thing we were talking about the other day, Greg. Too, where like uh, we saw this video, quick little snippet of Eric Badu talking about. Um, oh yeah, she's doing an interview for that movie she was recently in, and she was just talking. I think she was talking about men and how she understands how men work and like what they want. But she was doing it in a way that was like kind of like cocky, arrogant, and you can mm. see it, and it's kind of gross. You're just mm. like, shut up, like come on, mm, like true. don't be like that, you know. And I like to think that when I say like, oh, we're the best man, Martinez, I try to do it in a way that's like with my face and with my words, is it's humble, you know, like sure. it's 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 uh it's almost like childlike, you know, and um you know, so yeah, so I think that's just like the uh, kind of thing to mention is, is like. You you can say stuff like that and be kind of playful with it, but then manifest it by saying it, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, and then sometimes people say it in a way where it's like it's like a turn off, you know. Um, so um, yeah, yeah a lot that, it's, a lot of it it's like delivery. It's delivery. Yeah, ego totally. is such a complex thing, which is why the the line between confidence and arrogance is so can be mm. so thin, and it's like also and it's a a mixture of like. Who are who you're talking to and how they perceive you and how do you perceive yourself and how aware are you of how you're delivering yeah, that's delivering what you're saying, dude? And I, I think that's something I, I can definitely work on too. Um, I, I guess everyone can, you know. Sometimes you think you're expressing yourself a certain way and yeah. it's not being perceived that way, and that can be <laughs> an, oh, yeah. also an opportunity to check your ego, you know, because you're just like, no, but that's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. But you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, but. It's, it reminds me of some Louis C.K. said he. I think he said it. It was something like, um, it's like someone was like, I, someone was like, you're an asshole, and then the person was like, I'm not an asshole, and then I think Louis C.K. was like, no, like you don't decide mm-hmm. if you're the asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, That's someone else's perception. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's that kind of thing, you know. I mean, it's a. Well, I mean, we're all artists. Comedies and art. Music's an art. And with art, it's uh, it's crafted through this. It's crafted through like insecurities and like our beliefs and perception of pain. things, dude. In pain, mm-hmm. and so like, I don't know. You 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 looked like embarrassed when you're like, well, uh, when you're talking about your insecurities. But like, I we we love that, and like, um, uh, I it's. Doing this podcast has been such a beautiful thing because we get to talk weekly and sometimes like with this unfiltered medium, some things come out that you don't mean for it to. But it's like 
sometimes it's a it's very therapeutic sure and like i'm dealing with my insecurities here and like being aware of it and like maturing through this and checking myself making sure i say the right things but also with that and editing this and like seeing myself from the outside eye it's it's mm. eye-opening yeah, and like it really but... makes you think like I, at the beginning of like starting this like i was definitely more of like a character like hey i'm christian the guy that used to be fat let me try to make you laugh and make this filipino voice and uh, and like try to make try to make everyone in the room happy but now here i am a little uh, more uh, jaded and sad and like a little <laughs> more insecure but also like happier with myself and understanding that I, i'm a flawed i'm a flawed guy and just owning it and that's that's how i'm gonna make my art I yeah I respect that too man because like I'm 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 new to the area in general like and all of you guys are all like you guys all know each other and so I definitely have had my sort of um similar experience of like sort of similar I, I didn't I, I don't think I came into meeting everybody with an idea of what I am I had to kind of realize it like sort of like specifically with music you know on the topic of music and my identity as a musician what even being a musician means to me um, changed, you know, after meeting Greg and after meeting Carlos and just all the guys and, and then all the guys, all the friends who have come to our shows too and sort of having a fresh perspective on um, me, you know, like I, I have all the things that I did and all the um, things I've created and stuff before here. Sure. And nobody knows anything about it. You know, and uh, but it almost doesn't matter yeah. because uh, even if y'all knew about it, and it's nothing special. I mean, I just made music and stuff, played shows. You it's know, really special. Sold merch. That's fucking. It that's, meant that's, a lot. It meant a lot when I, you know, when I was doing it back then. But sorry to cut you off, but I was gonna say, like, you know, uh, similarly, you know, just the general insecurities around being an artist and just being a human, you know, and, and being real with what it is to be alive and what it is to hold an identity and having the courage to accept that a lot of it is not real and doesn't really serve you well in life to hold on to it. Sure. Um, and yeah, like with insecurities... And share, oh, I was going to say oversharing almost autonomously. I didn't mean to say that, but with sharing yeah. your feelings, I sometimes I feel like it's, you know, it's I do too much maybe or like that. But uh, I, I kind of get off on it. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I, I, I see when I see people scared to express themselves. Um, I'm interested like, in getting that. more. Yeah. Getting yeah. More of that. I'm like, I got to do that. You know? Yeah. I kind of try to run towards the the fears yeah i don't know that can't that's kind of a little thing of mine recently that i've kind of since i've moved here that i've been i play with mm -hmm. if i'm like i'm if i'm you know it's like the feel the fear and do it anyway thing but um more ex more more experiential than like a 80s self-help book i think it came out of 80s more experiential more in the moment type you know just real life uh, application of that yeah for sure yeah like you know feel the fear do it anyways and uh you know with insecurities and stuff i'm i tried i like with with greg and with a lot of the guys who are around us a lot i share some sick shit sometimes and that's going on in my mind and mm -hmm. it really just comes from a place of like i need people to know that 
I know you probably feel that way too. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, humans Yeah. We're sick animals, man. <laughs> we are sure. by nature selfish. We have I've talked about this before, but like we have those like Yeah, ask <laughs> I was gonna say we should get Ty to speak his mind and, <laughs> and then we'll pre we'll prove you right. <laughs> yes. And and you guys I know you guys vibe with this like it's it's the unwanted uh immediate thoughts that enter my mind sometimes that make me like wonder like is there something wrong with me? But through conversation, I've found out that like, oh, I'm not the only one where I'm like standing next to like I've used this example before. But in the past, I've stand, uh, I've like had like a one-on-one -on -one meeting with my supervisor, someone who just has my occupation in the palm of their hands, and like the one, on, the meeting's going great. They're giving giving me great reviews. But I'm thinking to myself, yeah, how could I ruin this right now? I could punch really? this person. What in if the face? I just I punched thing. you in the fucking face? Yo. Jim Carrey has a bit on that, and it's like you know, it's the whole like I'm holding a knife in the kitchen just to like bring it to the drawer. But what if I trip and fall and stab myself? Why am I thinking these things? It's not going to happen, but that's a common human thing. It totally is. What do you guys think about this idea that like comedians, um, I hear Rogan say it all the time, like how comedians like tend to have like, uh, you know, hard lives and just, they're just twisted and stuff. What's your opinions on, what's your opinion on that? It's not necessary, but it helps. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, um, I think it's not necessarily a correlation. I think uh, if you have like a hard life and you grow up, you're able to see like how silly, trivial things are because you know how difficult life is. And if, you know, if you can't find the humor in anything, it's probably because you don't take yourself very seriously. So it's kind of like a weird balancing act in that sense. Yeah. Um, do I think every comedian needs to have a like a drug addiction and like a father that beats them? Probably not. But um it helps, but the, but like the, the comedians that do have that are hilarious. Like I'm not saying that they're not. Robert Downey Jr. is a great actor, but that doesn't mean you should make your six year old son smoke pot with you. I just think you know you should just. Ooh, did he do that? Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, did. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like ner I'm like nervous to write jokes because like with that idea in mind that you need to be like flawed and have gone through some shit to yeah. like have a an, a unique perspective on life or to be funny is what I or mean. Or to be really, funny, yeah. Yeah. I get scared. I'm like. I don't know. I had a pretty good childhood. I'm That's like, what I was kind of wondering, you know. I feel like you guys have had some pretty good <laughs> upbringings, but I'm just assuming, you know. And I wonder if you feel like that um, limits your funny. It's, I guess. Nothing limits the funny, pal. <laughs> Nothing. It's, it's like self-deprecating humor. It's, uh, I have a shirt. It's a tie-dye shirt that says still fat, which is uh, I connect with That's so funny. much. Did and make, it's funny. Did you make it? I didn't make it. I bought it from someone Still that's also fat. fat. <laughs> and uh, I, like I was like, oh, this shirt looks great. It's a great font. And it's like, I, it's so much a part of my identity, my past obese self. Um, because you guys, you guys were friends with me back when I was big. I just want to interrupt. My and I, and I, I'm sorry. I just want to say that, like, you know, this is kind of like a Rogan thing. I listen to Rogan, obviously. But um, <laughs> he's always congratulating people on, like, when they lose weight yeah and i kind of learned that you know so i want to just pass that Thanks, sort of dude. sort of that that concept on you know yeah. like you know i want to be fit too I, I i try to stay fit you you know that and 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 to do what you did so i'm just doing having a rogan moment with you but yeah. just to do what you did man is is really fucking incredible Thanks, it's super incredible if i can and, build on that five five more pounds and then you'll be <laughs> then you'll be set and five enough more, and, and more people should tell you that you know what i'm saying i know i see so. myself on camera and i've seen like the massive side boob that i have on some like episodes or like i would i ate and <laughs> and i and while i'm at it you're a good looking guy man thank you you're a good looking guy thank you're handsome because you. i know that you probably got all this stuff and you know you were fat and blah blah but uh, you know 
you could have lost weight and you can still kind of ugly and you're a good looking dude man thank so you i just want to let you know i that, deeply man. appreciate yeah, for that for sure man you're a good looking guy you're a good guy thank you thank and you. you lost a bunch of weight thank good for you. you man holy crap this yeah. is a lot i'm proud of you man all right Greg, my turn. your turn your penis is small your knees look weird and your elbows smell bad <laughs> honestly when i lost weight <laughs> penis got bigger your <laughs> secret tip i think i've said it before on this podcast probably has been 100 episodes ago but for you fat people out there don't only do it for your health but if you are breathing through your mouth and everyone can hear it uh, you know in a classroom where it's really quiet you know do it for your health how did you lose the weight and how much weight did you lose heartbreak Cocaine, 300 pounds uh, heartbreak 75 pounds <laughs> 75 pounds, okay. Yes. And calorie Caesar Caesar salads salads from Costco. No. He, Greg, has seen me. Chicken Caesar salads from Costco. Greg has seen me through that weight loss journey the most, more so, so than you. that was like you. your primary yeah, food? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was to get you off. definitely my thing. How, you know how the, those chicken Caesar salads from Costco, they come with like a, a, Two of the things. a huge cup of like dressing. Caesar dressing. Only put half of it and then, you know, get give the croutons and to someone. And that's all that, you ate. You just ate a bunch of. A lot of that. Um, ran a, a a bunch until like my ankles did not exist. Where are you anymore. at right now? I I think I'm like close to like I think I'm 195 maybe. Where 200. were you? I was at my heaviest 255. So you've lost over 60 pounds. Um, yes, it, the the most I've ever lost, like when I was at my peak That's skinniest from my man. peak heaviest, this was so hard. 75 pounds. The moment I realized it, I had a a physical at Kaiser, where you know. Uh, I you, they weigh they weigh you, <laughs> yeah. and it's like on those like uh, old school scales yeah. that they have in like gyms. You know you're too heavy if it's just like the more that they have to do that action. Oh, right, it was on the 200 <laughs> level, and then it was on the I'm like, okay, I know I'm 200. 250. And that second bar that they move, yeah, I'm like, okay. How did you um? How did you? Did you have any health issues? If you don't mind me asking. Oh yeah, I'm asthmatic. Um, I definitely had darkening of the skin, which is a precursor to diabetes, which runs in really? my family. Yeah. I had a dark neck uh, growing up, and my entire family thought it was like dirt, so they would like wet Q-tips and try to scrub it off, which didn't help. It just made my <laughs> neck dark and red because it was like... All right, that is so weird. I've never heard of yeah, anything I've like that Yeah, I've never heard before. that either. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, I've heard the, the dirty neck story before, but I didn't realize it was pre-diabetic. Yes, it's, yeah. a, it's a precursor to diabetes. So if you do look at some like morbidly obese people... people their necks are dark you'll see like the darkening of like their cheeks so if you look at like uh is the guy that's saying somewhere over the rainbow if you yeah. look at like he has at his skin he is darkening I don't know of... who that is but i know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah you'll you'll see his album cover. he's like a big hawaiian guy with yeah. a ukulele yeah but so was that what made you feel like okay i gotta do something about it looking at is no finding out <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Finding out about the diabetes. No, 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 no. It was, the, no, it was looking at it. It was for sure like uh, my first girlfriend breaking up with me, and then I had like two options. Um, wait, 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 wait. Because of weight? What? No. No. Because it's... of shadiness. Okay. So sorry. Oh, I'll, I'll I see what you're saying. Yes. Your girlfriend broke up with you, but then you yes, you felt insecure maybe, and then just thought about your weight. Well, it there were there are layers to it. So it started off with, okay, I I I have. One of two options. I could either just like sit on my fat ass and just get more fat because I'm sad. Anyone else in your family fat? Like uh, your immediate family? Matt, I, Matt. My, my mom could lose weight. But in my immediate family. Uh, <laughs> Matt Matt got hella big. I dude, love that dude. But DJ Matt, 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 if, Matt. If you're watching this, I love you, bro. But he's, I don't know. I haven't seen him like, in a while. Well, that's the Rogan like the thing, right? Right now, the Rogan chubby. thing is <laughs> sure. if you're fat, you're fat. Deal with it. 
It's not, you know, body shaming. You're fat. It's unhealthy. Do something about it. It's like I drink Diet Coke. That's how I stay skinny. Nice. (laughs) So also, I just want to disclaimer is like, I'm skinny. My my life, my whole life, I've been skinny. My dad's skinny. It's a genetic thing. Humble. I can't gain weight if I want to. So I have a little bit of like a thing where I think people could probably be upset at me for asking or trying to make it seem like yeah. But I just want to. But I'm I'm genuinely interested. You know, I do care about health and. Um, from what I understand, like the body shaming thing is like with overweight people, it's like we shouldn't, it's a Rogan thing, but it's definitely, we shouldn't be like trying to make fe- people feel okay about their overweightness. Yeah. You know, as long as you like, you could be chubby, like it's fine, but like sure. there's a difference between not yeah, like overweight, unhealthy mm-hmm. and on your way to diabetes and yeah. he- heart disease. You don't have to look like Tyra Banks, but like you definitely should not have a dark neck you know <laughs> I like how those are the only two options Tyra Banks or, or Izzy one. and it's just like I guess I pick I guess I pick Izzy I guess I guess that's the one I want to look like he said you don't have to be Tyra Banks but but the other option is a 400 pound Hawaiian well anyways my question was um, two type you, of people I was asking what'd you do to uh, to lose it I'm curious. Besides the salads, did you work out too? I did. I ran maybe five, four, maybe let's say four miles a, a day. day. A day. Uh, we have a homie, Otis, who had, uh, at the time, he had just come back from the army. And so he's very diligent about his like, and you did it with physical him? training. And so he would he used to live three houses down from me. And so every single morning around 6 or 7 a.m., you ran he would with call him. me and we would run. Are you still running now? I still run now. Um, okay. Uh, and you do intermittent fasting? I used to, but that's just that kind of lifestyle does not it's not sustainable for me. So okay. now I'm just making healthier choices. And then did you have any health uh, uh, issues from running as much as you were to lose the weight? Like joints issues or anything like that? Um, I would good? get like shin splints because I was just like uh, the way that I would my f- feet would impact the ground as I would run. Like there's a right, there's right. a way to do it. Yeah, I like running, too. But I worry about like, you know, how. Oh, it's hard it right. on the knees and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's all dependent. Or you could do like low impact cardio if you if that's your if that's, that's your cool, jam. Man. That's cool, man. It, it's definitely been a journey. Um, like I'm appreciative of people. People refer to my old self in third person, or I even refer to it in third person. But you they, still pull your shirt down sometimes. Oh, it's a habit. It's a habit, dude. It's a you know. You do like, the fat boy. Oh, fat my guy stomach's showing thing. Yes, but exactly. Your stomach's not showing. It's uh, thank I you. find that interesting when people who lost the weight still do that. It's. Dude, Dude, something I noticed. Old habits don't die. You man, know I mean? shirts would stick to my body like saran wrap, man. And yeah. I would have to like really make sure that I'm like <laughs> not slouching. I think people underestimate how really hard and how psychologically uh, just traumatizing being overweight can be, man. I mean, I mean, all the hardships of life already that I feel like I can sort of recognize. And then being fat. Oh, Greg. Fuck that. <laughs> Greg. Um, he probably even more so than Alex. Huh? Uh, you've heard me talk about all the girls that I've liked throughout high school, and oh, yeah. let's be real. <laughs> a main people are just way more vain and uh, superficial when you're in high school, and, and they like to admit girls. that they are. And they, they, yeah. It's just like girls are gonna like good-looking guys, and guys are gonna like good-looking girls, uh, unless you or you're both ugly, and you guys. That's just some Darwin shit, out. right? But that's a cute couple, though. Two ugly people in a couple. I always find like when the two nerds they meet have up, good kids. It's so yeah, cute, yeah. and that kid's like the star of the football team. Uh, and he's ugly. Not necessarily. It's. 
<laughs> they're not. Yeah, they they can be mutually exclusive. Um, <laughs> yeah, Greg has. Se- you've seen me like yeah. just like be this hopeless romantic in high school, and like my weight, I for sure knew was like a factor as to why some girls like they friend zoned me, and also the way I, I spoke to them. Greg would tell me like. Being too nice and you're putting all your did you have like, all your cards. Did you go home and like <laughs> like dude the had... whole deck's gone <laughs> in the first text, the dude. Deck. Three like, smiley faces. I'm like you're using all your cards. I'm like the whole deck is gone, dude. You gotta say yeah. <laughs> did you go home and like feel like shit? No. You'd have like moments by yourself where you just felt like shit. No, I had <sighs> ways to like I because I had I had homies that just made me feel good. So like the I never necessarily felt a void because. I knew what I had was special, both intrinsically, like with having formed the personality from being an ugly duckling and having like a good homie support system where like, you know, they just, you have people Did to Did the like guys ever to. make fun of your weight? <laughs> Did the guys ever make fun of my weight? I don't think Did so. Did the guys... Never. Not... not- Ty, Ty, how many times have you played with my titties? (laughs) Ty, how many times have you ever played with my titties? Let's not start that out. 72, but who's counting? I just, I think like the part of me is like once, you know, makes you, wants wants to make you feel better. But man, I just, (laughs) I just, I just, uh, (laughs) I'm a piece of shit. Good luck. I just fucking, dude, just great job, man. And like, I hope like you can, I hope you do and overcome the, the pain from that, man. Because like, you truly are a good dude. Thank you truly you. are a, a handsome right. dude too. Like that's the thing. You're luck. That's a lucky thing. It's yeah. You I'm know. Happy. And um. And I've just asked because I'm curious because uh, I just have like kind of my own body conscious stuff and um. I just think sometimes like being overweight um is just so f- overwhelmingly stressful. Just the idea of it, and for you to deal with that and stuff, I just I want to just try to like sort of just send love man like i know i know that that's thanks dude difficult man and um thank you i think it's like i think it's so cool that you've done something about it it's so hard to do that i think people really over overestimate sort of how much it really takes to lose something like even 10 pounds it's it's um the moment my uh, nipples yeah. finally came out, it uh-huh. was like, uh, I remember I told you, like, fat kid, fat kids have inverted nipples. <laughs> there was a point in really? time. Yeah, Is dude. Is that a thing? Yeah, that's why I wore t-shirts to the pool, man. And you can still see the inverted nipples they with invert? the t-shirts. Yeah, man, because it's so, it's so fat, it just engulfs the nip. <laughs> and like Greg, 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 Greg's seen my nipples before. <laughs> what? It's, so it's crazy. I'll show you pictures. I have pictures when I used to do Tahitian, and like what? Uh, Yes, you've seen these pictures. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, Tahitian okay, okay. dancing. Yes, yes, it's like yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's a form dancing? of like island dancing that a lot of Filipinos part- partake in. Do you still remember any of the That's moves? So weird. I, there's like one move that I really know, and it's it's the it's the yeah. You guys have seen me do it. Like my best friends have seen me do it. Um, sidebar. Also, your inner thighs get really dark when you as a precursor, really? precursor to diabetes. Your yeah. inner thighs. And I don't know how much of it is like skin discoloration because of that or just like the constant friction of your thighs. What? So like a dark. I don't know, man. I think it's probably the first one. I don't know. My I thighs just, are lighter now. I'm just imagining like Christian's late night web searches. on like. <laughs> Why are my thighs black? <laughs> oh my God, Greg. How dark do I neck. get my cousins to stop Q-tipping my neck folds? Why does Ty play with my titties? <laughs> Inverted nipples on back. It's just... The next day, his mom's like, Christian, we need to talk about your Google searches. <laughs> okay, Greg can tell, Greg can tell can this talk story. We can talk about Google searches. All right. 
well, okay. I was like the first of the group to get caught. Yeah, I just remember being over when it happened. Oh, you were over? Yeah, because your dad found it on the computer. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be... What, your Google searches were exposed? My Google searches were exposed. Christian didn't oh, know how man. to clear the history, Ooh. man. I didn't know about... Did Was Incognito still existent? Probably not. That was like, what, 2000, 2009? You and had it to was clear like, the cookies back then, bro. It, it I want to in... have like a week with, with you and like a B&B and... The, and... What? Airbnb. This... Oh, hold on, hold on. In like uh, like two hours north of San Francisco somewhere, and just like, fuck them. Compliment you for two weeks, <laughs> <laughs> just because like everything you're telling me, it's, it sounds so painful, man. It sounds so like there's humor. There's definitely humor in it. This is this is your comedic trauma. This is my trauma. Yeah. yeah, This is my trauma. Other than that, great childhood. I was fat and because I, don't I was well fed. Alejandro, is it, it's yeah. probably no, I'm really I, sick. I shit gold and excellence every day. It's probably really sick and disgusting. He has layers. This guy has layers. Like, my thing is, like, that thing. I gotta pee. Okay, you go ahead and pee. Um, but <laughs> I'm much like an onion. I have different levels of... When I was caught up with those uh, searches... <laughs> what, what's, what? Do you remember what website? Yeah. Is, what website did oh, you get yeah. caught with? All right, Greg, say it. I just remember Eskimo. Porn Eskimo. Eskimo. Porn Eskimo. What? It was not even, like... Uh, uh, PornEskimo.com. Yeah, it's not an orthodox uh, porn website. Eskimo tube. There's Eskimo tube. And it was Porn Eskimo was this place. It wasn't like you know how like uh the hub it's just kinda like a collection of videos and you see the thumbnails right there and then. This was like a library with a with an alphabet index. And so you could search these stars from like whatever decade. Very the UI, the user interface, I kinda good. At the Way time. ahead of its time. Yes. But I got caught up with that. And then <laughs> Greg happened to be over. And what happened? I got chewed out, man. Yeah. Whoa. I got chewed well, out. Well, because like, it was the computer that's upstairs. It was the family there, computer. The family computer. And I remember I was like, I'll be in the doll room. So I think we're downstairs now. I think you didn't leave. You were just like, like you can downstairs. get me when you're done with this. Yeah. You know you know that thing when you're, in, when you're like in high school and your home is getting yet. fucking yeah. chewed out by the parents. You're like, all right, I'll just be in the other room. Come find me when you're done. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, man. It's time to go terrible. to the bathroom. Time to, time to go pee for an hour. <laughs> Uh, you know, the first time um, I ever, like, actually masturbated to porn huh. was on my Nintendo Wii. Because <laughs> that was, like, one of the first systems that introduced uh, surfing the web. Yeah, like, internet internet browser. Browser. And then the, this is another website, Shufuni. Have you guys heard of Shufuni? No, I don't know. <laughs> no. What we're, no. Oh, because, like, I was trying to be discreet about it because, like... Um, like, maybe they'll Shifuni. think it's an anime website. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's an, it sounds like an Asian word. And so Shifuni.com, I think they tore it down. It's not there anymore. <sighs> but then that was, like, my, my first place. It, oh, my God. And the fact that the Nintendo Wii could handle that much data streaming through... No lit, no lag, no latency. No, it was fine. I saw the girl. He fine. got you. <laughs> just in time. That's right. <laughs> it's weird though because you have to have the controller in one hand, right, and your dick in the other, so you knew well, what was happening. What was crazy is that with the Wii, you had to like choose your searches. So yeah, one dick in one hand, and the other one you're like pointing the arrow, trying to find the sensor. <laughs> uh, that one. And you uh, see like the the, the 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 mouse try to hover over the the porn thumbnail. <laughs> It was, yeah, it's not not my proudest moment, but it's a... Uh, it's something that happens to all of us. Yeah, that's a... Uh, that's awesome. It's okay. We're like an hour 40 in. Like, I'm fine with putting all that stuff out there. I have nothing to hide. And also, that was like 10... We've already been talking ago. for an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, man. Time flies. Damn. 
Time flies when you're having fun. It's long episodes with you guys. You guys, you guys have a lot to say, and we get to talk about a lot. Got a lot of side tangents. Let's talk about this record a little bit. Yes, please do. I'm smacking. So our on. new album is called Ocean Mountain. We went. We might have mentioned the name last time. I don't know. Yeah, I think you guys did. And, okay. Um, recently on your guys' social media, did you guys put was that the track list that I we did? Yeah. So we have a pretty small following on social media, so maybe we should just say like, if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, that'd plug be cool. everything right now. We're at Duo Exp. That's D U O E X P. Um, we don't post very often, but it is definitely a place to connect with us if you want to like reach out or you want to like kind of just see any like recent pictures that we took or um, definitely we post our music on there too. So like, if you want to know where when we release it. That's mm-hmm. the place. Mm-hmm. We also have a website, duoexp.com. Nice. Um, it's more of a, um, like, what is it called? Like, splash page or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of who we are. It's not like an active site where you can get info regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, the album's called Ocean Mountain. The concept is like, I'm ocean, Greg's mountain. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes it's the opposite. It's just this idea of like, for me, it's like this idea of what I've visually seen when I'm as a new Californian, it's oceans, it's mountains, mm. and maybe they're not mountains, but they're like hills, you know, and it's just beautiful to me and kind of represents the energy of how we play, you know, mm. uh, Greg's grounding, Greg is the rock, he's the rhythm, and then I really just do whatever I can. Like, your water <laughs> more the, free the real flow, way right? of Fluidity. describing it, yeah. yeah. I like it. I could say, I just flow like an ocean. <laughs> but really, I'm just doing what I can, and I'm I'm kind of a little more loose, you know, about what I'm what I'm doing every time we play. Um, should be out sometime in September this year. Nice. Um, it's definitely gonna be a really cool project because it's like a lot of songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think just the amount of songs is what's gonna make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the style is definitely house influenced. I think is something I haven't really mentioned to Greg, but just like the idea of simplifying the music in the sense that there's not a lot of different parts in one song it's a lot of like i think really catchy riffs that just sort of get stuck in your head and yes and and the idea of trans the idea of repetition mantra is something that's Mm. in in, in, something that's interesting and important to me um and that seems to have kind of shown itself yeah it's sort of it's sort of part of the part of the music of of the album is um, although there are definitely still the duo kind of our signature sort of like uh, breakdown and all of a sudden in the middle of the song, you know, and those are memorable too, um, in, in their catchiness. Um, I'm, I'm just super stoked on personally. It's just super stoked on. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I love all the names of the songs. I love the, um, just the fact that it's happening. Um, I'm excited to hear it. I can't wait for September, man. That's going to be a lot of so fun. So excited, man. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. And yeah, you guys will have to do like a live show that. when it drops, too. Yeah. I think we'll probably do an album release party. Woo. Beautiful. Um, <clears throat> man, maybe we can have like a live podcast when we do it. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah. let's toy like around a, with like a uh, bunch of ideas. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I'm Kill such Tony? A Rogan, huh? I'm such a Rogan, huh? Hey, I like yeah. it, man. I like it. Yeah, yes. but we, we, we could do that. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, We'll and do anything for you guys. Let's do a doll room <laughs> session downstairs. We brought that up in the last podcast. Oh, anything yo, you guys want to do in a doll we room do a session? Video in there. We already talked about how we're gonna help you guys make your uh, theme song. We could, we should fucking record it in there. Yes. <laughs> we still don't have a, a, an official theme song for highly irrelevant. So that'd be like, or whatever, or for, or for ICBTB. Huh? What's highly irrelevant? 
Oh, it's the, the show. This one, uh, this one right now. Oh, you're talking about like four. It can't be that bad. Both, either or. Whatever the hell yeah, you guys want to do. do. Highly irrelevant. Another show. Highly irrelevant is where we don't talk about the movie. We what talk we're about doing things right that now. are highly irrelevant. And then the movie episode, like the. It, it can't be that bad. Is the movie? Yes. yes well, it can't yes. be that bad. Is the name of the podcast? Highly relevant is kind of like just a like subset. Yeah, subset. Yeah. Like okay, Got let's it. not talk about the movies. Let's get to know the guests, or let's just like shoot the shit. Yeah. Let's shoot the shit some more, huh? What do you say? Whatever you guys want, we're chilling. Um, I think my girlfriend is here, so if she, if I could, uh, call her back real quick. Oh, wait. Yeah, <laughs> she's probably here. I'm just gonna tell her to come inside. You can go. And- nah, I'm too lazy to get up. But like, yeah, let's shoot the shit more. I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time. What else on the record? I just want to make sure we, we, we get to kind of let people know what's good. You know, we have a record coming out. Um, probably September. Wait, June, July, August, probably, is when it's going to be out, mm-hmm. if Aiden gets the mixes done. Um, oh, we do have a, uh, a two-track uh, record coming out. Two tracks from the album are going to be released um, sometime next week. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's like that's important stuff, yeah. too. The fact that it's coming out yeah. that soon. <laughs> it's like a little um, duo, duo pack. So last, our last record was two songs as well. Um, it's it's probably something that's been done, but it's definitely something I, I felt like was unique. Sure. Mm-hmm. When when I decided when we decided to just do it, it was like drop two song kind of like a pack or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think Drake did something like that too. He did. This most recent thing is that. And, and so I think it's been done, or it was like we did it and then Drake did it. Mm-hmm. I like the second been, one. Yeah. It's been done. <laughs> but so we'll release two songs so people get a little taste of the the album to come. It's going to be called Axis Mundi, which you can Google. It's uh it's like this uh, idea of like. Just Google it. It's like this idea of um, two celestial poles and... Um, oh, axis as in A-X-I-S. Axis as in, yeah, the yeah. axis of the Earth, like the Earth has is on an axis. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm not sure what Mundi means, but the idea is uh, sort of like the two celestial poles, I believe, of the universe. I don't think it's of the Earth because mm-hmm. the Earth has its own axis or whatever. That's already kind of a concept. Sure. I think the axis Mundi is the... Celestial poles of the of the universe. Mm-hmm. The idea that there is like an axis that the universe exists on. Hmm. Um, I just thought it really sounded cool. That is, and, yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, and also Hendrix has an album called Axis Bold as Love, which is an iconic Jimi Hendrix album. And I'm very Hendrix. Uh, yes. Uh, just love inspired Hendrix. And so and inspired and influenced, exactly. And so I thought it was a cool thing. So that will be out sometime next week. Two songs from the album. Um, one of them we did... Well, whatever. They're alive. We did them live. <laughs> They're alive. Um, okay, we'll do it live. Yeah. Uh, f- <laughs> we'll do it live. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then um, just in general, like come see us every weekend if you're local at Garalista in Martinez every Saturday from Downtown. 6 to 9. Baddies, it's a good time. It's a real, like, call, if you are in the area, I highly recommend at least draw, it's a three hour set. If you're going to make it for any of the hours, stick for the last one for sure. because that's their original music. Yeah, so we do like a, a bit of everything at the shows. Uh, we get the staff at Barrelista involved. Some of the staff there likes to sing, so we'll get them to come on. Nice. Our friend Ty is joining us this weekend to do some beatboxing. Um, we have uh, special guest musicians come and join us, uh, like our friend Carlos. Yeah. So we, we try to kind of do a little bit of everything. The music is, uh, we start with acoustic. 
um, Joni Mitchell, Bob, Bob Dylan, all kinds of just really cla- kind of classic folk American music. We do Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Rick James, D'Angelo, um, a bunch of really beautiful kind of covers. Yeah. Nice. And then we do our original music as Christians mentioned yeah. too. So it's, it's a nice medley of kind of reminds Kind of reminds me of uh, John Mayer does a has a has an album. It's it's really kind of inspired by that. But he does a, he had a Grammy award winning album called uh, I think it's Live in Los Angeles, mm. and where he starts with his acoustic music, you know, and then he comes out with the John Mayer Trio, which is him, Pino Palladino, and Steve Jordan, wow. and they do like blues numbers and just really killing. Like uh, they do like a Schofield song. They do like. I think they do some Chick Corea type stuff. I'm not sure. And then he comes out and he does all his lame songs <laughs> with <laughs> his band. <laughs> I like how that flip. So it's the same idea. I just kind of like to bring a little bit of everything to that to that crowd. Um, yeah. So for those listeners who are local, definitely it's a good for place sure. to come, especially yeah. as we're starting to open up. And yeah. it is outdoors too, for those of you who are so paranoid. <laughs> Which is my uh, that's my Scarface reference, right? Oh, I'm you're so, talking uh, to the best Al Pacino impressionists <laughs> in the West. Show him, Christian. Yeah, oh. I just saw uh, Dog Day Afternoon Ooh, again <laughs> and Serpico. Uh, both just Serpico and Dog Serpico's Day Afternoon, great. just such Serpico. iconic, beautiful Pacino performances. Just he's just there's no one like Pacino, and there there's no one like him currently. Do Sense of a Woman right now. You know, I haven't actually seen that. Oh, Only that's clips. a great one. The courts. I like scene? that. I like that you have seen Send of a Woman, but not Dog Day. Yeah, yeah. I well, don't know. He, that's when he starts doing the the sort of stereotypical Pacino yeah. shit. Mm. Yeah, because like, the, like in between grunts. Yeah, the yeah. yelling and the sort of. Ah! It's the it's the thing that everyone gets grabs their impression of a Pacino yeah. form. It's from. either Scarface or Dog Days. It's it's after it's their sort of Sense of a Woman, all that, but well, Dog he, Day and. Um, uh, what's the other one? Sherpico, and then there's Serpico. also uh, so the good. one where he's does heroin, and he. Um, Which one is that? Oh, that one's um, scent of a woman. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he loses his eyesight. It's before that. It's um, something park. Parks and Rec. No. <laughs> shut, shut up. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying here, guys. I'm here. You guys coming up with ideas. Seconds. But I know what you're saying. It's uh, Hyde Park. Something park. Hyde Park. Clydeborn Park? That's not a... Dearborn. Uh, Pacino is in a movie when he's really young, just like in when he's in Dark Day Afternoon and in Serpico. He's still young in those movies, so he's got that like baby-faced God- godfather, baby face still. Mm. Really young. And it's just nothing like him yeah. has, has resurfaced. Um, but the point you're trying to make is that um, at the point... There, there's some movies... in Needle Park. Needle Park? Panic in Needle Park, 1971. What do you? What? What about Pacino, those movies? He, that's when he coins seven point like, one out of ten on IMDb. Um, he's a junkie in a movie. It's just what about? I, what I like about those movies is Pacino is, um, extremely handsome and cute and young. I think he's a good looking guy and just young. so, just so dear. Like yeah. he's like a baby animal when he acts in those times. He. Sort of has you can see his, um, his innocence. His emotions are just like very visible. Sure, and that's just so fun to see. Do you, you like know? De Niro? I love both of them very, very equally. Choose one. 
Yeah, who'd win in a fight? Honestly, yeah. Pacino. I mean, Ooh. just because. So, so it's almost it's almost is De Niro by default because he's just like De Niro's cooler. Mm. Pacino's a thespian. He's very kind of. Um, he's but, an. He's kind of like. Uh, he's like an actor, you know. But De Niro. And, in bad grandpa, I feel like De Niro can like quit acting, <laughs> Best De Niro. and you still like him because it's just like he can be like. He's I feel like cool De Niro guy. could be like, "Fuck acting, I'm out of here." Yeah, but Going Pacino is like really dedicated to yeah. the. Actually, he's a he's like a Shakespeare. Did you guys watch vibe. Joker with Joaquin Phoenix? Mm-hmm. So yeah. apparently, he and uh, Joaquin Phoenix didn't get that much along doing scenes, like especially really? that scene during the talk show. Probably because Joaquin's a weirdo. Joaquin's more he's more like a um, method and like. Not by the script, where Robert De Niro is a little more old-fashioned and like by the script, but Joaquin is just like I'm gonna say what I feel in this character that I am now wearing the skin of. But then like De Niro is like has to like now kind of change the course of like how I'm delivering these lines because like Joaquin's like going through the roofs. Ocean Mountain. Have you guys seen Joaquin on Letterman when he was doing the um when he did the documentary where he was oh uh, when he was trying to be a rapper? Yeah, and then he gets comes on Letterman. And I guess David Letterman didn't know that nope. he. He was in character and he was doing the, you know, and chewing the gum. And, and he. Who was this again? So, Joaquin. Wa- Joaquin, oh, Joaquin, Joaquin okay. Phoenix. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. Not and personally. You know but... David Letterman, right? Yeah, me and him he... had lunch the other day. <laughs> <laughs> he goes on Wait, Letterman who? and he's in the character of the documentary that he did at, and where he was quit acting and mm-hmm. became a rapper. And it was directed by Casey Affleck, mm-hmm. right? Ben Affleck's brother. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Casey, oh, who's getting like finally getting something like good recognition? Is he? That guy's talented. Yeah. I think he was like nominated or Manchester oh, something. Well, Paul Schaefer, who's the iconic uh, musician, musician and lead le- leader of the band of David Letterman's, you know, um, now retired David Letterman's late show or whatever, he. Letterman's just grilling Joaquin the whole interview. And then there's a point where Paul Schaefer awkwardly laughs at how Letterman is grilling him. Mm-hmm. So he does he does this kind of, ah, 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 kind of laughter. <laughs> and Joaquin Phoenix looks at him, he's like, really? The maniacal laughter? And then he he's just like in this weird act. He's a weird and then, dude. It's man. uncomfortable, that yeah, whole thing. Yeah, it's is... so good, though. And then, Letter- <sighs> and then Letterman's like asking him about his beer, and he's asking him if it's itchy. And then he, he's doing the bullshit the thing is, he's doing the bullshit yeah, late night yeah. scripted fucking questions and stuff. So, of course, like, it's a perfect scenario for Joaquin to be like, to fuck with it. I'm an independent artist. Like, what is this bullshit? Yeah. And he, he he says the chewing gum and then he takes his gum and he sticks it under Letterman's table. Whoa. Um, but anyway. It was but intense. Would, yeah. would you prefer to mm. see a celebrity that is, that's playing the game? Like, you know, any most celebrities play the game, the scripted game when they go to a talk show. This is right. how I need to present myself. It's not fully me. I'm very filtered and I'm going by the script. Honestly, Rogan kind of is why I started to feel. Yeah. Uh, he kind of helped me realize that like, oh, yeah, that shit is whack. You know, sure. like yeah. and then obviously like Jimmy Fallon becoming the late night host. Jimmy Fallon's so awkward and, <laughs> and, and poor at, at just like being. It's almost like his act now, so it works now. But yeah. in the beginning, it was like, what the fuck? Like, you're socially awkward, man. You can't do this. Truthfully, I grew up listening, watching Letterman a lot. Sure. And he's, his slot started at 11.36 p.m. It was a late night. Specific time. So I remember watching that growing up. And I I love Letterman. I think he did a good job at doing the bullshit, but still being himself or whatever. 
at least when I was growing up. I know he's he was in the game for a minute. Yeah. Um, but no, always always prefer the people who expose the bullshit. Like Jim Carrey has recently. Yeah. You know, he's just kind of yeah. like he's like I'm not Jim Carrey. Yeah. He's like, there's no Jim Carrey. All of this is fake. Like, and everyone's just... <laughs> like. Okay, and back to you, Robert. (laughs) But there is something beautiful about, like, he understood, like, how superficial Hollywood is. And that's what... Yeah. They're 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 comparing. You should watch the uh, comedy store documentary that is on Showtime. Is it out already? Yeah, it's been out for a minute, and it's actually like really revealing. And it's it's one of the points that they made is that back in the seventies, all these stand-up comedians went to the comedy store so that Mitzi could get them an opportunity to go on a. on uh, late night, right? So Mitzi Shore, Mitzi Shore did the booking at the comedy store, right? Yeah, she's yeah. Like a she, 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 she died. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then she passed away. And then, like, because all these comedians are just trying to get on the uh, on she's the She's Polly show. Shore's mom. Yes. Right, yeah. Yes. And so now, since, like, the talk show is not bringing that same kind of notoriety for those comedians, what's bringing the most numbers is Rogan's podcast. Rogan's podcast is now becoming what David Letterman's talk show was to comedians. Oh, right. Because comedians would get their shot. They'd get That's their, their shot. They know, do a set there. On the there. Late, late shows, yeah. But now since we... Uh, the society's a little more woke and like we want to see the real people let's put them on a on a medium where they can be as real as possible yeah you and i talk for like three four hours where i'm gonna ask you questions that i'm thinking of on the spot you know they're having a conversation you know sometimes yes he'll interview them but then it'll easily turn into a conversation and that's like when you're gonna see the a lot of comedians theo vaughn brendan schaub all of them blew up because they went onto rogan's podcast and so like that's that's opportunity. Yeah, and now right. They have That's why I thing. know about those guys too, and Cheeto, and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, uh, would be cool if we had that kind of same notoriety, or like anyone who sits <laughs> on that couch right there. Like, well, you know, like, back albums. to what we were saying, like about how like the projects that w- Duo has done are so meaningful to me, at least. And I just say that because I'm not sure, but you know, it's the same thing. It's we're doing it, mm-hmm. and it's just your mindset. We're doing it, you know. I'm Cheeto, and he's Brendan, and we're doing it. Yeah. And it's that illusion, and I think that's what Rogan kind of tries to stress too. Is like where he's at right now. He's like super awkward about. It. He does he's kind of uncomfortable about. It. Actually, one of the most recent episodes, he did finally express a little bit about it, go in a little more detail about how like the Spotify thing made him feel uncomfortable, and you know. Sure. All the- Comedians do that too, like Jon Stewart, like where people pay too much attention to them for the news and for the information, and they're like, I'm a comedian, I'm a moron, don't listen to me. Mm-hmm. But then people like still, still go, yeah, they yeah. go to them for, for all info. their information. Um, so, on a sort of, you could call it micro level, we're doing that. And that's yeah. important. We need to not be so like brainwashed. And, and, and like, that's exactly the issue is that we still right now in this moment think that it has to be Rogan and like Rogan's telling us, no, like, no, could be anybody anywhere. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just is what it is. Like, you know, you, you just talk and you just be yourself and you heal on any level, whether this, it's, this truly is our own thing. These are like, wherever, yeah. like this podcast goes and like, uh, we're hoping to shoot for the stars. We're shooting for the stars. Nonetheless, in the future, these are time capsules of these like conversations. Like, yeah, recent, or, yeah, or this is just like what broke people be saying to try to make make themselves feel better. <laughs> Unsigned artists. Like, We're I'm, Rogan too. <laughs> we do the same thing for Rogan, but on a way smaller scale. We're like super underground. I don't know if you're familiar with the East 
side of the Bay Area of San Francisco, <laughs> but we're like the Joe Rogans of East Bay. Where East you guys Bay, from? Where's the podcast out of? Benicia. Yeah. Uh, where yeah. the fuck's that? That's right. East. Yeah, I found out recently, uh, not recently, but so- semi-recently, that the JR, Joe Rogan podcast is, JRE is Joe Rogan Experience, and yeah. it's influenced by Hendrix, and yep. I was like, fuck! <laughs> there it is. It's like, all coming around. Well, yeah. You know, in the old the old studio, he had that picture of Hendrix in the background. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah the, the mugshot, The mugshot, right? yeah. 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 That is wild. But you know, Rogan is a muggle. Oh, in terms of music? Yeah, he's a fucking moron about it. Like, you know, it's one of the reasons I want to be on Rogan's <laughs> podcast so bad is because I he thinks like, uh, and I lo- I totally respect, I don't I was going to say love, I totally respect Gary Clark Jr. as a guitarist, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. He thinks fucking, he's like the best. But well, he thinks he's the best. I'm like, dude, no, he's not. Like, And he's you know, saying this to millions of millions. people. Millions, he's like fucking gary clark jr fuck blah 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 you know and i'm just like dude you're a muggle man. and now millions of people are gonna think that that's the best guitarist i guess out there. so yeah millions of muggles yeah. yeah millions of muggles dude it's a muggle community out there and it's okay to be a muggle just don't be an asshole when you're a muggle to you know to to wizards <laughs> to, to the wizards yeah, yeah like i'm for sure like still like a student in gryffindor and no uh, sir you work at the ministry <laughs> no no not quite yet not quite yet i'm muggle, not like i'm not a professor are, yet muggles are um like not pure blood, right, or something like that. They're they not- have no magic abilities. They're just regular people. Just not wizards at all. Yeah, mm. no. They have no That's say. A perfect word. Yeah. For- what do you guys think you are in in Harry Potter? You're a mud blood. What is it when your parents? Guys, Hagrid, man. What is you it when your Hagrid. parents are wizards and you're not? A squib. Uh, what is it? I think they call it a squib. And can you still learn magic? No, because you don't have the magical. I think but I'm a squib. What's your musical? <laughs> like influence like mine's my dad for sure like my dad basically is a musician so i was like i couldn't help it you know it was in the house what was yours <laughs> like how did you become a drummer like how did you get into like music stank face all that like where did that how I mean, did you get those how did you get that plug in like in your my dad's code? a musician he was he's a drummer really yeah um, i got to see it once i saw you guys jam oh, shit. Once. <laughs> yeah yeah and he plays like piano and he sings too um, he like did it in in church and everything, and that's how like I, I didn't saw know that. him. But then I think like my influence comes from probably my mom, um, in terms of like the style of music that I like. I just remember like being I don't know, you know, f- five to seven years old, and we had um, like Thriller. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Jackson was big Michael for Jackson me too, had yeah. a bunch of Shaka Khan CDs, like greatest hit Shaka <laughs> Khan CD. So and then there was like this time where um, this is like the, the the this is what I always think of when people are like, "Where's your inspiration in music?" Like when I live, we used to live in Petaluma on um, the Coast Guard base out there, and it was literally like twenty mile drive to get groceries. Damn, so really? you know, yeah. Uh, so we would get in the car and take a little trip, but we'd be listening to music the whole time. So it was always like the Shaka Khan, or it was like the uh, wow. Michael Jackson, and that's like. That's always where I was like the most like into the music. And then being raised in like a Christian household, like I went to church every Sunday and then would, Gospel. I know, right? <laughs> but it's like the it's like white white man jazz, yeah though. Like yeah. it ain't it white ain't man the, gospel, yeah. Yeah, straight up. Like it, we weren't playing like the the get down music, like the cool stuff that you sister see. Sister Act Two, yeah. Yeah, so, right. So, also Sister Act Two, very influential. <laughs> Lauren Hill's in that. Very influential. Sister Act Two's way better than Sister Act. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sister Act Two's uh, way better. My about mom it. actually showed me that and I'll never forget when I saw that. It's actually the same time when we lived in Petaluma's when, when they start doing movie. backflips across the stage. 
Get the fuck out. <laughs> yo. I've never seen that. Oh, Check it out. God. Yo, we might not do Brother Solomon. We might do we Sister Act 2. Act two. <laughs> it, might be, have to be honestly, one, it might be rated yo. a little too high. Fuck it. Uh, we'll do it live. It's we'll a, do it's it live. It's a 99% we'll do it live. Tomatoes. But th- I think that's, that's where my inspiration came from. And then so like on top of that Christian household, I remember when I got my first iPod, like my mom would monitor the music I put on the iPod. Whoa. And I would want, you know, I would want like, uh, one of the songs I think I yeah by Usher yeah sing oh, it growing up yeah 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 <laughs> um, but you, so like growing up and even now to this day we've had this talk like the words of music that's like the the last thing I'm concerned about really like I'm always in in terms I'm of like, like that too the, I'm always about the feeling like what's the groove of the, the song so like when my mom would be like yeah you can't listen to this song I'd be like why like it sounds dope like do you hear the beat like. Yeah. And then she'd be like, well, they're talking about this. I'm like, I don't even, I don't know what they're talking about. I'm not listening to what they're yeah. saying. Like, that goes to back the music. to what we were saying too. Like, just the differences on how people experience music. I'm the same way. Like, I rare, some songs, I'm all about the words, but yeah. most for the most part, it's, yeah. I'd say in the last like two to three years, I've been more in tune to the lyrics. It's really hip hop where you. Big time. And yeah. The, yeah. Whole, the reason I was able to do that, honestly, is because currency. Mm. currency currency being like one of my favorite rappers like one of the yo currency needs to know about duo ex straight up dude (laughs) spit andretti needs to know hit him but that dude like he's like i can remember him being one of the the very first artists where i was able him and kanye to be honest like just being able to but currency more listening and just being like all right like i'm i'm understanding like what he's saying right now and yeah i might be just talking about like cars bitches weed and money but like his story, his wordplay, like I was actually able to grasp that. And then that was when I really was like appreciative of the whole art, the whole art. Yeah. Not just like the sonic sound of music, but I know that was kind of a tangent. No, it's good. I want to say something too. Like it reminds me of this cool concept of, I think Kanye was talking about it, but it's certainly not his, um, his original thought, uh, of like how, if you're familiar with the chakras and, I guess it's a yogic principle or the idea. It's probably something like that, but like Eastern belief. Say again. Eastern belief. Yeah, right. Definitely. Chakras are certainly Eastern, and the idea is like the frequency and the vibrations, like we were talking about earlier. Like mm-hmm. not just heartbeat, but like just I think actually just cells are because of how the protons, electrons, neutrons, or whatever are moving. It's it's vibrating Mm -hmm. so everything is vibrations but then more specifically the chakras like i think there is uh i should know this there is like your crown chakra Mm -hmm. which is like on top of your head yeah then Then there's there's your your throat there's your chest chest, your heart chakra your stomach your heart right and then there's the stomach one and then there's the root one in your pee pee your pee pee (laughs) (laughs) hey i know these things (laughs) pee pee chakra And I think uh, nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I thought it was like it just throw away. Like... millions. <laughs> I know, right? So no, but the, but the, but the chakras are a very interesting moment because like I I'm not super into those kind of things, but and like crystals and shit. But I I do find some sort of weird interestingness, <laughs> like really. synchronicity and stuff like that, because it's like it's weird how like you may be talking about a chakra, like trying to feel better or something, and then like soon you start talking about your stomach, like you start feeling it in your stomach again right or if you're someone's telling you that this crystal makes you super happy and you put it in your hand it like starts to tingle a little bit you know all right i have to interrupt though because i think like 
Those things aren't related. I think, you know, like, I don't even want to explain it, but, but on, on my point of chakras, <laughs> all right, what I was trying to say about chakras is that like, cause really chakras is kind of uh woo woo or whatever as well. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's really been studied or whatever. Um, but what I think Kanye or somebody I remember saying was with music, with frequencies, which is a real thing with vibrations, right? How it vibrates in your body mm-hmm. is like the bass, the deep frequencies uh, activate the root chakra or sort of are it's like the brown the note. root wow. chakra responds to the deep frequencies, which oh, is why like, you know, Nazi says never sold a record for the beat is the verses they purchase without production, not worthless, but not more than the surface, something like that. So he's talking about how, like, uh, you know, sometimes people say, oh, I like it because the beat. Uh-huh. You know, someone might criticize hip-hop and say, oh, they're talking about bitches and hip-hop, blah, blah, blah. So? But a person, <laughs> might res- a person might respond, so? Or another might, person might say, well, I like the beat. Yeah. It gets me motivated to work out and lose yeah. 70 pounds, yeah. you know? So it's, on a frequency level, music can sort of activate just the root chakra yeah. for you. But then the danger, and this is funny, this actually relates to uh, Islam, which is the religion that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really extreme Muslims are anti-music because they don't, mm-hmm. they feel like it, it's too influential. It's sure. bullshit. But this is the thing that, you know, extremists uh, Almost believe. in every religion, the extremists I guess so. like music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's very common. And the idea is Wait, that... Wait, can I, we pause though? Sure. But drumming is accepted. Exactly, and yeah, birds. you could do that anyway. Is that Christianity man? too, or Hell did you yeah. hear that from whack me? drumming? Like, yeah, because in Islam, that's drumming. actually true. Anything. There is a there is a belief that is not Quran based, which is the holy text mm-hmm. of Islam. It's actually a sort of separate text that describes as describes it as like drumming's okay because Muhammad, peace be upon him, did it, Chanting, and it's yeah. sort of it's there's no harmony. It's not as influential, and even deeper, there is like some story of like the Antichrist. A returning with like a intoxicating melody mm. that will draw the people everybody was them. stank facing. They're like, <laughs> they're like, all right, I'm, I'm going, going fucking to with that. this. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> community. <John Lennon>? <laughs> to bring it back to community, when you see other people doing that face with you, it's kind of true. That's exactly, a, a bond is made with the stranger. You know. Yeah. Well, anyways, <laughs> just to get to my point is, uh, I just wanted to share. So I think it's a cool concept of like how the chakras can be activated by certain frequencies of the music, and the danger being that the words can be overlooked because mm-hmm. they're high frequency and it's sort of uh, brain, it's sort of chatter brain, monkey mm-hmm. brain, it's sort of subliminal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just well, kind that's, of... And that you're going back to that's what Kanye was saying, right? Like, yeah. That's why nowadays music, it's all like all these hard hitting beats and you're not really listening to the words. And even if you think about it, like in a sonic level, like think of like Playboy Cardi, for example. Okay. Like whole lot Playboy of red. Party's a great example. Yeah, whole lot of red. To be honest, I at first I hated that, and then because I w- was too and caught then, up. And then you don't even want to know. I was bumping <laughs> that shit. Yeah, I was too caught up on the day. vocals. Like the vocals were just like high, shrilly, like up there. And then um, I listened to it again, and I was like, "Holy shit, these beats are like crazy!" Like on some next level. But he's definitely like, saying the dumbest shit of he's all saying time. The most ridiculous shit. Like, yeah. 
But you can learn to appreciate. You don't even want to say it. You don't even want to repeat it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, another example of like uh, that is like when I don't know if it was Carlos or Ty that showed me uh, "Zaddy" by Ty Dolla Sign. And like someone uh, with that kind of name, Ty Dolla Sign, right off the bat, where there's an actual dollar sign in his name, you're thinking like, okay, what's this guy? What's this guy got to say, right? You know, oh, do you got, well, I mean. No, 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 it was just funny. I was going to say. But like Ty Dolla Sign, you would think (laughs) Ty Dolla Sign with the dollar sign in his name. Okay, what, this is going to be, this is a rapper that I never, and he's, he, this guy got vocals. Yes. Yeah, you singer. know, and the beats. And like, Zaddy's about like, uh, being called Zaddy, right? <laughs> and, and that's like, uh, that's okay. You don't have to explain it. Yeah. Zaddy is like a term one. It's, that's all right. It, but it's just so good. Yeah. Is what I have to say. Right. Yeah. There's something there. And, it's it goes kind of back to what we were talking about about bringing the ego into like your opinion on music and how it affects you you know some people really get off to Katy perry you know it gets yeah. them going like it gets them losing the pounds it gets them dealing dealing with their shit you know like you know moguls you know they they like that shit and then to be fair like some of the shit we listen to can be considered um like the Do- doja cat and SZA song that song is like stank face you know when scissors verse comes in mm. stank face it is it's fucking killing but it's also like pop trash bullshit mm-hmm. um it's just a duality well, of it, life you know it Some goes back are, to my point too it's like both it's a point it's a point in that experience not like the whole thing because only scissors part is cool <laughs> that's true <laughs> you know, i'm like oh, you guys know? i'm like this is the part coming yeah. yeah i mean but sometimes it's like that dude it's you it, there's a beauty to it to be able to like what you were saying you're talking about with the song you could dislike it at first but when you the replayability of music is another beautiful factor because you totally could selectively listen to different aspects of it that make you fall in love with it for different reasons that you wouldn't find love in with other songs oh yeah going back to like our record and also just the process of recording and writing music it's definitely what you just said is true in the sense that uh you record something, you hate it the first day, second day you hate it less, third day you hate it even yeah. more, and yeah. then the you know by the end of the week, it's like the best thing you've done in a long time, and you're so proud of it. So there's a process to yeah. the listening experience of music as well. Yeah. Um, That's even happened to me with just like beats. Oh, I'm oh, sure. Yeah, be like, oh hell yeah, be like. I'll be like making a beat, and then be like, this is fucking whack, and then I'll start making a new one. And you, and know, you go maybe, back to it. That well, one yeah. was better. Well, yeah, and then maybe like a couple weeks later, I'm like, all right, let's see what's going on. And going through some of the stuff that I've been doing, and I open up like, all right, what was this? And I'm like, oh shit, like, and I'll know like if if I like something, it, it's there's gonna be more of a project that's built. But if I go into like just a bare bones project and it's just like the sample, barely any drums, and I write barely any drums. Um, I've I've had times where like I go back to that beat and I'm like oh shit mm-hmm. this is hitting like what was I thinking the first time, but that's that's almost different than what we're talking about right yeah. like where it's still the same <laughs> it's the same thing but you're just going back in a different point in time and you're like dude I love music so what much. the fuck like okay. I'm I want to thank you real quick because with uh. That MJ song. Oh, what's the MJ song you guys do in your in your? Rock uh, with we you? do so rock with you. Yeah, rock with you and rock with you. I was in the car with Greg in high school, 
And you're like, yo, dude, dude, you should fuck up. Listen to this part. Like, isn't this band crazy? Da- out of the bridge. Yeah, out yeah. coming out of the bridge. And I'm like, how oh, we never fucking heard this, right? <laughs> and it's appreciating the little things. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, music is such a beautiful thing. This has been a very delightful conversation. I am gonna have to wrap this up because I think my lady needs tacos. And uh, we don't. Is that what you call it now? I need some tacos too. <laughs> no, she got the tacos. My lady needs some tacos. <laughs> wow, Andro. Um, we're going to go. We're going to go to Puesto. Uh, so if you guys want, yeah, us feel to, free to join us when you listen. Um, yes. <laughs> so uh, shout out Puesto, um, and shout out you guys. Yeah, shout out Dual XP. Thank you for joining us again. Hopefully, we Thank can have you. you guys again closer to September. Yes. By, yes. by the time you guys oh, release yeah. and. Oh, um, yeah. You know, anything we can do to help promote the album, I'm sure we'd be happy to, more than happy Thank to. You, so yes. let us know if there's anything we can do to help. Um, of course, you're always welcome here. Um, doll room session uh, to be determined. <laughs> I think that's right? a great idea, actually. I think like a live doll room session would be so much fun. Yes. Would love it. Would love it. So Yeah. And also, thank you guys for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'd love to come by, you know, anytime we can. And um, please check us out, you know, duoexp.com. That's right duo exp on instagram we're on all streaming platforms we have an album coming out we have two albums already out that you can check out you can um, get our music on instagram and tiktok exactly oh. you guys are on tiktok now. that's we awesome are. oh yeah we have a tiktok too and, and only fans nice I more to come with true. that over the shoulder jerking we got off. it it's it's created but <laughs> you want to see what else i do with this jumps thing. yeah mm, you gotta nom, nom. in the caption for this one you gotta say wait till the end <laughs> so they know, like, we have an OnlyFans now, but... And then also, Ooh, okay, I'll do it that. can't be that bad. Oh, it can't be that bad. No, you gotta do like, you gotta do like oh. auntie though. Yo, it you can't be that bad. She goes like this. Yo, yo can't I'm be like, that what are you bad. doing, mom? It can't be that bad, yo. Yo. It's one of our best down, uh, episodes. It can't be that bad. Thanks. Thanks, guys. You Thanks, know where to y'all. find us. Take it um, easy. Thursday we watched... Super, Super Mario Bros. Bros. So check us out on Thursday. Fucking hated that movie. I love that movie. It's an incredible movie. Who's the actors? John, John Leguizamo and, and Bob Hoskins. Hoskins. Who is John Leguizamo Luigi? Of course. Yep. He's, <laughs> oh, and of course, in case you didn't know, his name's Luigi Mario. Fucking Tig His <laughs> Dude, get brother's name is Mario Mario. Really? Who's Mario again? Luigi Mario and Mario Mario. He's from, uh, he's a detective. Do you remember friend Roger Rabbit? No. Oh. He kind of looks like Danny DeVito, but he's not. He's British Danny DeVito. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It's yeah. a bad movie. It's hilarious. Horrible. I love it. I, I think it's impeccable. I would love to do just like a Goodfellas episode with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not me? <laughs> not you. That's no. a movie I dissect like music. Where I'm like, today I'm just going to watch I'm Karen. Is, um, today <laughs> I'm just going to watch. Hold on, before we go, do you think that... Um, um, do you think that Scorsese is a mogul? <laughs> Do you think he just knows no, good I music think... but doesn't really know what's happening? No, he knows good music because his his movies are he yeah. picks the soundtracks very from well. Him. Yeah, he. Yeah. Um, I think he's a mogul when it comes to like contemporary film, right? Because he doesn't like really superhero films. He thinks it's a waste of money and time. Yeah, he doesn't okay. like franchise films. He thinks it's a waste of time and money. But it's also like, oh, that's what makes money, dude. You can't make yeah. Raging Bull in twenty twenty one. You have to make a billion dollar Avengers film. So. Yeah. Uh, as good as he is, just like I say, every hero is flawed, um, and even Goodfellas, as great as I think it is, it has some it has some flaws. But uh. all right, well, I strongly disagree with you, and I think <laughs> no, I'm just, <laughs> no, just playing, man. All right, cool. Let's let's do it. I love it. We'll watch Goodfellas. All right, everyone, uh, say bye <laughs> on the count of three. One, two, three. Hello. Hi. That's comedy. Ty, nice. beatbox, beatbox us out. Beat, beat, bop, fuck it. Why are you doing it then? Yeah,